Joey D'Amato. 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 Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 149 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the man who gets so drunk he can't figure out how to use Google Hangouts on YouTube. The motherfucking man. Moods. Yeah. And of course, I always got my two lush co-hosts by my side. First up, we have the Mexican asshole who can't even be on time for the live stream because he had to visit his illegal alien cousins before we started. Double Shot J, a.k.a. JP. And last up, we have the little boy who will tell you to shut the fuck up and drain all the fun out of the live streams because his rules have been broken. Downbeat Dahlia, a.k.a. Ellen DeGeneres 22. What's going on, homies? Do you watch back the last half hour of the live stream moods uh no i did not oh you should go back and watch that shit it's legendary (laughs) because literally you're like looking at me with a fucking glazed look and i keep telling you what to do and you're not answering me it's giving me that glazed look it's because it's because i couldn't see you i had no picture but it doesn't matter i'm talking to you i was like moods all you have to do is show me your screen. And then you show me your screen and you don't minimize the window that's showing me the screen. So it's showing the hangout screen. So I couldn't <laughs> see where the audio was coming from. And then you got so frustrated that you're just like, fuck this. And you left the Google Hangout and you ruined everything. How junk were you, Mids? Uh, I don't know what the fuck was going on, dude, because I didn't have the video. I had the video paused. Like it wasn't feeding back through there. And I didn't. So I, I don't know what the fucking problem was, man. Like, but how like, drunk were you? Just out of curiosity. I could have still kept going. but I, <laughs> I know you could have. I know you could have because you're insane. But, like, were you <laughs> pretty drunk? <laughs> I was getting there. Yeah, I was, I was pretty good. I was pretty good. But still, uh, like, yeah. I, I should go back and check it out because, like, I still don't have a fucking clue what the hell happened, man. <laughs> like, Neither do we. It's so because fucking Because you wouldn't weird. fucking talk. You were just looking. It's, I know, it's like so fucked, because I'm like, okay, this thing isn't playing, where's this feedback? I could not figure it out for life, and plus, being, you know, I was 17 beers deep at that time, so that was not helping out my mental capacity. I was pretty much full-blown retarded at that point, so. Yeah, you know what, though, man? It's so weird, it's so weird, I don't even know, like, (laughs) everything just went to shit on me, I was like, what the fuck? It, it was awesome, though, like, it, it, regardless of how it ended... It was pretty so, freaking fun, and everybody guess. seemed to enjoy. It. People were begging us to restart just because they were having so much fun, yeah. um, which is 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 huge because you know, I mean, we're sitting there talking while movies are on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what it? But what it's, how's that entertaining? But people seem to enjoy it a lot. We got a ton of support on the Patreon that night. Speaking of which, I should just shout out all the people who um, did support the Patreon. Uh, because we promised to give him a shout out on an episode. 
Yeah, but, because every time you fucking got a Patreon, Moots wouldn't shut up, and he kept on talking, cutting out JP when he was saying, <laughs> we have a new Patreon, and Moots would just keep on talking. That's because I was getting asked questions constantly in there, man. I wasn't... <laughs> and, you know, the, and the fucked up thing was is that I actually felt shitty because half the fucking time I wasn't even answering people because they would ask shit, of course, when Joe Bob was talking. So I was trying to fit in everything You gotta just pause the, the chat. You gotta pause the chat. I so know, but I was like... I don't know. I just didn't want to have to go back through. Like it would, it would have taken. I, would, I, would, I felt like I would have never caught up to it. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just keep talking, whatever." But. All right. So um, here's here's the list of the people that that hopped onto the Patreon during the live stream. So we got Matt Jankowski, aka Matt Jankowski, uh, Aaron Corvell, Scott Crawford, Orc One Four Five Six Two Six. Dan Dezak, and then we actually got another one after that. Ron oh, really? Ron Coleman, yeah, that came in today. That that's how many new Patreon supporters? Yeah. Wow, crazy. I really was yeah. talking a lot because I I didn't know that we got any. <laughs> <laughs> We're up to two hundred and thirty six dollars a month, fellas. That's what happens. I was just excited yeah, to be so on. So we got six so. new Patreon supporters, which is huge. Yeah, it's that's. Crazy. That's a lot. That's, you know, that that's a good bit of people to join the Patreon. Like, and, uh, you know, the early access, you guys will all be able to download the show a few days early, including this one, uh, which is the fourth and final Italian Horror Month for the year 2018. 16th overall. No, it's the final week of Italian final Horror week. Month. <laughs> you said what did the, I say? The final Italian Horror Month. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you want to call well, it quits after four, it but... is technically it is the final Italian horror month of 2018. Yeah, I guess, but we only have one. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like saying you have one uh, in a row. There's yeah, final week of Italian horror month in the year 2018, and the yeah. 16th overall. Mm-hmm. And I believe we 16th Italian horror month. Twelve different episodes. directors. No, 16th Italian horror week. No, 16 I, Italian Horror Month episode, like I said. Yeah, and I believe 13 different directors. Is that correct? Mm, I don't know. Thir- or did th- four times. <laughs> yeah, so that uh, makes did, up for 16. We did Falchi twice. Mm, we but did do Falchi twice. That's a question right there. How, who, oh, 12. who were all of the Italian Horror directors that we covered? Dude, I completely forgot that we did Falchi twice. Yep. Crazy. Crazy. Shit. I, for some, oh, wow. You know what? I probably couldn't even name them all. Actually, maybe I could. I could. Now, now when I actually I think about it, I could. Yeah. but I just don't know if I knew the, how to say all the names. For me, the, this is no, kind of like... Actually, the one last year I always forget. Bianchi? Yeah. That's the one I would that would have tripped me up. Oh, by the way, Moods, there's Opera twice. You logged Opera twice in your letterbox. You know what? 100% for sure, because I watched the Scorpion Blu-ray early in the year when it came out. You're right. Thank you, for, th- thank you for finding that. That's crazy. There you go. And November 2018. So March 11th and November 3rd is when you logged those. Just, yeah. just thought I'd let you know that. I knew it, because I knew it was something to do with the podcast, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah. Um, I also had Optolog twice, just as a little random fact. Uh, but yeah, so the, the Joe Bob thing was a pretty big hit. People enjoyed it. Uh, we enjoyed it. I, me and Jeremy were both not feeling the best that night. I don't think towards towards the later half. I think I was uh, feeling too good. 
I was making up for you guys not feeling the greatest. I took two, <laughs> taking six shots in vodka was not the best thing. That's <laughs> not good. I, for I anybody. don't like vodka. Not good for anybody. <laughs> hey, I took a shot of something that was 101 proof. I'm a real man. Yeah, you yeah. took a shot of wild. For somebody that doesn't drink, to take a shot of wild turkey, that's that's a little extreme. <laughs> that's some pretty strong shit, dude. <laughs> I really took four shots instead of three. Yeah, that's. I don't even. I wouldn't take shots of wild turkey. That's man shit. I don't no. even know what it is. I just pulled it out of the fucking cabinet. I didn't even look at the damn label. As soon as you turned it around, I saw wild turkey. I fucking, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> Good shit. See, I didn't make her smart last time. I thought that was worse than. Well, how many shots did you end up doing on there? Three. I did five or six. You did... I did two in my mule and one straight up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. so um one thing that of note is by the way, Joe Bob killed it again. I oh, mean, dude. the guy is just legendary. Yeah. He is so good cuz I went back and and watched some of the <laughs> the scenes that we missed. And he he's just so good at what he does, man. He you know, you've and I I thought about this too. When I was a kid and Monster Vision a lot of people who weren't around for it didn't understand it. They're like, why would you want to watch edited horror movies on TV with some guy talking about them? It wasn't like... It, well, it wasn't about know, watching it for the movies. It was, watch, it was watching it for Joe Bob's commentaries. Yeah, and the movies too, but I mean... Yeah, secondary. The thing is, like, it, it isn't like Alvira or Vampira or or any even like Svengoli or any of those guys. They're more of just like a character. They don't really get into much. But Joe Bob is different he actually designs a, a narrative to talk to them to talk about like like his monologues are incredible like they they're like essays you know what i mean yeah and i he, figured in the internet age that might not go over so well because the information is out there but he still comes with nugs man he comes with nuggets of information that you don't expect or no like he was Every talking night. about like he was talking about the drive-in in, in in blood rage and talking about like the hit like he went there back in the day and he was talking about it and and all that kind of stuff it's like you really can't find that kind of information on the on the internet or he was talking about like he was talking about the movie that was on the marquee in the drive-in and how he saw it in 1973 and he was like an actual movie that was written by the guy who directed yeah, when you're telling and stuff like that, when you're telling personal stories like that, man, that's you can't get any better than that. But not like, only that, he's yo. so captivating. He's so captivating when he was talking, and he was telling such personal things about some of these directors, like you know Toby Hooper and things like that. And and I was and like stuff that he knew that firsthand, you know that yeah he, he met these guys and just, talked to him. And for somebody who's never experienced Joe Bob in in sort of a live format like yourself you know in canada they didn't have it mm -hmm. so like even you were impressed so it's not yeah. just a nostalgic thing mm. no i was very impressed you know i was so captivated by his commentary and, and you know his words that it got to a point where i was like man dude like like you said the information for these movies and stuff all the factoids we can find but he was coming up with some shit that was blowing my mind for one thing i was like how the fuck does he know this shit and it got to the point where I, I, I thought he was just making shit up, man. <laughs> it was like so original. And that's yeah. that's a beautiful thing, man. That's a hard thing to do in this day and age where, like you said, all the information is a click away. Yeah. But it takes like, somebody special like Joe Bob who has personal experiences and has these personal facts about 
these certain things and that that's what makes him special man but he's a really good talker he's a good talker i mean and even tackling he, films like he doesn't Chainsaw. know how to he doesn't know how to you know look for the signal on which camera to look at but he does that on purpose. Yeah, he He's always done that. That's kind of a thing that he does. Is it okay? See, I, yeah. at first I wasn't sure because it was like I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, he'll turn <laughs> away from one camera and look at one that's not the camera that they're <laughs> okay. on, and then they'll switch to it. Yeah, okay, yeah he's all he's done that since TNT days. That's pretty yeah. funny. Uh, but w- here here's my thing, man. This could have happened when I sent out that tweet like two years ago and said, "Hey, you guys should get Joe Bob on Shutter." You know what I mean? Oh, here we just, go again. JP's responsible. Yeah. But listen, it could have happened, right? <laughs> they could have been like, you know what? You know what? JP shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. We are going to try this. <laughs> and it could have, it could have happened. And it could have been, uh, you know, just a little splash in the pan, but it didn't. <laughs> and it broke the internet. And then it apparently was really successful again on Thanksgiving, a holiday and on a work night for most people. It, it makes me so happy that it is successful because if it wasn't successful, it would have been really disappointing. And you know what? Joe Bob deserves it to be successful. Yeah. You know, he's getting up there in age, he's getting older and to, to see him be able to have a, a, a show again and do what he loves to do in front of an audience again is truly special to me. Uh, I love it. I think that it's one of the cooler things that it's might be the story of 2018 for me. Um, is the the return of the horror host with Joe Bob, and uh, man, I, I mean, it's 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 great. Like I want to I want to have these forever, and I hope you can. I hope that the Christmas one, which we will be doing, yep. uh, on what December twenty first, December twenty first, Friday. Yeah, probably gonna do the Silent Night, Deadly Night sequels. Is our hunch? Yeah. Uh, part two, three, four, and five. Because <laughs> they have to skip part one. Yeah, and because it's uh, all explained in part two. I have a feeling that's what he's going to say. Yeah, it's all explained and, in part two. It's all explained in part one. <laughs> oh, so I can't Lordy. wait to hear what he has to say about those films oh, and like the backstories of those films because that's interesting. I, I can't wait for him to talk about how big of a hypocrite Mickey Rooney is. That shit. Yeah. Gonna and, be, that oh, he's gonna be, definitely going to bring that up. Oh, I cannot imagine because that's yeah. some like tidbit shit that not a lot of people but know. The, but these it, are these are good films for him to do though because they oh, are yeah. so bad, and I'm sure he has a lot of great info on them and stuff. It should be pretty damn entertaining, even though the films themselves aren't going to be. But let's put it this way: at least none of the they're films are subtitled. They're way more entertaining watching with a group. Yeah, like for sure. At least none of them are subtitled. And don't get me wrong, I love subtitled films, but for the format that we were doing on you know this live stream. Watching a subtitle, it was film so hard to watch that movie and doing and the chat and like I, I I couldn't pay attention, man, to anything. I felt like my focus was just every. Maybe I'm gonna blame it on that's why I got so drunk. Not only that, but <laughs> it was hard to focus. It really also, was. Also, you know, Dead or Alive is a weird, hard to follow movie to begin with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the people that were watching it regularly, I mean, having the subtitle, whatever. But I was like, really, third film and like. But the format wasn't set up for the way we were doing it, so. Oh yeah, obviously. It was just and something you to know kind what? of complain about. I, we don't know for sure if it's going to be the Silent Night, Deadly Night yeah. films, but no, it's just a hunch. Are they, yeah. they are confirmed Christmas themed, right? Yeah, Christmas themed well, franchise. They did say all part of the same franchise, and I think that's pretty self-explanatory considering yeah, it there can't be anything else. There's no other Christmas themed franchise. Not yeah. with that many sequels, no. Yeah. Unless he means uh, he said he for sure said all of the same franchise, or they're all sequels. 
all the same franchise. I think it's an all the same franchise. Yeah. So then, yeah, it's pretty much it has to be Silent Night, Deadly Night. There's no other. There's nothing else that could oh, be. Oh, but man, part through man, having to sit through that shit is so fucking boring. But it makes it better with Joe Bob. I'm telling yeah, you, it's gonna sure. be awesome. For so sure. we'll be doing that, and and Joe Bob dropped dropped an f bomb. Never heard that before. Yeah, now I can. And also, yeah, hopefully, really. that's pretty funny. Hopefully, this is permanent. You know, hopefully, after the the Christmas one, uh, we see a you know monthly or even bi monthly or even quarterly. I don't care. Hopefully, we see more of these uh, every you know so often. I actually like the format. I almost like the format better than weekly because it's like. It's more of an event, you know. Yeah, and for sure. I could, and four movies is perfect. Don't I? I wouldn't go another twenty-four. <laughs> That's yeah. just ridiculous. Uh, but four movies is absolutely perfect. From dusk till dawn to dusk again. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually quite amazed at how long his segments were, and the fact that he oh, has yeah. that. The fact that you had like a format, he had guests on there. He's got this hot male lady. Like it was cool, man. Like I mean, it was the first time I've ever really got to witness that, and I was really impressed with. The arrangement of of the whole show, and if you want to, entertaining. If you want to pull your pud to that male lady, you can. She is a it's porn true. star. She, she is a yep. porn star. Yep. But yeah, but having Michael was, Berryman I think that, was a porn star. That was really cool, man. That yeah, Michael Berryman that. was awesome on that. Yeah. And I seen that um, there. Felissa is like launching a campaign to get her own uh, Shutter show. I don't want to watch that Not, shit. Just get her strobe off. Not not necessarily the same format, but why not? Why not have uh, more original content? Like, uh, you know, there's all kind of stuff that you can do. I, I love the core that they did on there. That was awesome. I don't think it did, did that good in numbers, but hmm. it's a great show. So maybe. Yeah. All oiled up and shit. Either way, Moots was way drunk and it was funny. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, we got seven and a half six- hours. It was a success all around. It was a success for the entertainment from Joe Bob. It was a success for our listeners and viewers who were entertained. It was a success for the Patreon. Uh, got a bunch of new members. And it was just a success all around. It wasn't a great success on my sleep schedule, but that's what we there. <laughs> I don't think any of these things are going to be. They do run pretty late. For four films, I mean... Damn, dude, it's like ten hours. Well, they're two hours each because he's talking. Two and a half. half. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, I so. actually, dude. One thing I'll tell you, though, I, I know we didn't talk much about the movie. I really liked Hills Have Eyes watching it. I'm be- it's back in my like good graces. Like I, I, I love Hills Have Eyes again. Booby traps. Booby trap. <laughs> yeah, you know it was it was cool. Hills Have Eyes is a great movie. It is. It's fun. Especially that damn backstory <laughs> to, to how Wes Craven got inspired by it. Yeah, it's pretty... That's that's what you gotta love about uh, Joe Bob, man. Yeah. It's I actually, the they, do talk, they, for, they actually do talk about that in the arrow behind the scenes i remember checking that out but it joe bob did it pretty yeah i'm pretty, pretty cool. i'm pretty sure i watched that too i would like them to do eaten alive that would have been cool what about brain dead or dead alive dude there's so many movies that i want him to talk about it's like oh he would be such a good podcaster which i believe he commented on yeah he did 
and bloggers. Yeah. Yep. But he made some great points about how man, he made some great points, dude. I want to rewatch the whole thing again. Uh, I still need to watch some parts from uh, the last one that I missed because Lacey Lou <laughs> took oh. over our show. <laughs> all the all these drunk bastards on the show, man. Well, dude, she was bad though. She was she was almost as drunk as you. I don't even. I think I clicked on to the videos when she was on a couple times. I don't that was the least really thing know. you wanted after like twenty three and a half hours into the marathon. Well, <laughs> she was swell. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah man i don't know uh let's move this along um yeah man i had I had a lot of good good times with that uh live stream and i can't wait for the next one man had a lot of good beers too eh? <laughs> I, did, I did i i was definitely i was pissed off though i remember slamming my fucking laptop and being like fuck this and i got so mad i went upstairs and ate and i was like that's not beer to drink this is bullshit <laughs> I was I was a little bit I was angry at that moment. So I won't lie, but it won't happen again. We'll figure it out. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. It can't happen twice in a row. That's just ridiculous. Right? Mm, I didn't say that. Live and learn. Nothing happens to me twice. Come on. Except for I losing mean... everything. <laughs> losing everything, but yeah. But anyways. Let's move this along. Let's get into some news, JP. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Yo, yo, we got some news this week. Not really. There's not much. This was a quiet week in terms of news, homies. A very quiet week. Um, Where should we start? Okay, so this one, <laughs> this is coming courtesy of Scorpion Releasing. Get ready for some South African horror. Action-packed when Scorpion Releasing brings you Panga, a.k.a. Curse 3 on Blu-ray, starring the legendary Sir Christopher Lee. This will be available on sale at Ronin. What the hell is this? This isn't the Curse 3 from like, yes, Scream is. Factory, is it? Yes. The same movie? They re- they, re- they released Curse 2. Yeah, they re- and they released Curse 3 and 4. No, they didn't. They released House 2. No, no they Scream re- Factory. They released Curse 1 and 2 in a double feature, and that's it. No, they released Curse 3 and 4 as well. No, they didn't. Are you thinking about Arrow and House? No, I know House, dude. I've seen House a million times. You're wrong. Hold on. Are you sure? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure, man. How sure? (laughs) You want to bet money on it? Well, as sure as that I don't own them, and that's weird. So... Yeah, Curse 3, man, I don't even believe Curse 3 and it 4. It has a release. Yeah, I don't think 3 and 4 ever had DVD releases or, obviously, Blu-ray releases. I'm pretty sure they're VHS only. Um, I've seen them back in the day, rented them. I don't really remember them. But I, hmm. I was a little bit shocked by this announcement, Scorpion. Curse, That's so weird. Curse That's 3 weird, huh? just kind of out of left field. But Hey, man, I'll take it. It probably has, I think, from what I remember, a quick cameo from... Christopher Lee in it. 
a whole four seconds. Here, here's what it was. It, it was top uh, build on here. Maybe isn't the film. I, I just don't remember. It's been so long. Ninety one. It came out. Fuck. It's a nineties film. It was Curse Four that they released. That's what it was. Really? Yeah. The hell yeah. are you talking about, man? They released the horror show. No, Curse Four. Curse Four was Catacombs. Oh yeah, the alternate. That's right. Yeah, Catacombs. Okay. And Cellar Dweller was Curse Three, I believe. The alternate names for those, yeah. 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 I don't really think a lot of people knew those films as Curse films. Well, I just remember because somebody said in the comments once, like, "Oh shoot, all four Curse films are you guys released all four Curse films now after this announcement." Hmm. Yeah. As so I was kind of, I was pretty much right. As far as I know, I think these other ones are more the real sequels. Well, yeah, this one. Is there a real curse for it? Or wait, is it the Dungeon Master? One of those two are... No, no, no. Catacombs is Curse 4. The alternate name for Catacombs is Curse 4. Okay, but which is there in... One one of them was the alternate for Curse 3 as well. I don't know. (laughs) It's it's almost as confusing as the Demons franchise. Demons and La Casa. And La Casa, yeah. Those are two freaking crazy ones. Because isn't one of the curses even in La Casa? (laughs) (laughs) Crossover? (laughs) That's ridiculous. Uh, That's crazy, man. Yeah, as far as I remember, I don't remember. It looks like Christopher Lee might have more of a role in this film, but fuck, who knows, man. Anyway, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's something, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, buddy. Um... It's a South African? Is that what it said? Or African? Something? What does it say? UK it slash a- uh, South African. South African. South African. Yeah. What the hell? What about the North African? It's probably it's probably a UK production shot in South Africa. Yeah. That's pretty crazy, man. Where's the North African movies? I don't think there is a lot. Horror films? North Africa? I don't think there is a North Africa, bro. Well, there well Africa's is. gigantic. There, there is everything above South Africa. Yeah, but it's Af- not a country. Yeah, I know, dude. I know. But how many? <laughs> but how many horror films have come from the various African countries? Like, when was the last time you saw know. one from Nigeria? And yeah, fucking I mean, probably. I mean, there is Egyptian films. I mean, I guess so. But the only Israeli film I can think of is Big Bad Wolves. There's a few South African ones. I mean. They've done a few, but uh, no, there's a couple from is- from Israel. Like what? Well, the Big Bad Wolves director also did. Um, what's the other film that they did? I don't know. Oh, fuck, what's it called? Brain isn't working. But anyways, the other movie which totally is slipping. <sighs> it's in my mouth somewhere. And it's in Hebrew. No. Yes, it is actually. Yeah. And it's fucking uh, good. Why can't I think of the title name? It's driving me. Oh, this is going to bug Rabies, Children yeah, of Fall, Rabies. Cannon Fodder, Freak Out, Jerusalem, Rabies. Demon. Those are all. Looks like there's about eight or so. Yeah. I think Golem, I think Golem is Israeli or Egyptian. Yeah, Rabies, man. That was, I think, their first film that they did, and then they did Big Bad Wolves. Rabies was fucking awesome, man. Really good film. I know it was even on Netflix for a long time, but good film, though. Yeah. There's, it's kind of interesting. We like, there's, there's, 
it's kind of cool to see like you know a country that's only made like five horror films like to see what they did <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it's kind of cool i think joe bob was talking about that too right like uh toby hooper's Dijin is like yeah. the, the first film filmed in wherever right yep all right uh after that it's really weak this week guys um director john hames uh teases completely different tune to his maniac cop remake which by the way this thing is in complete development hell uh, apparently <laughs> like what like five years we've been talking well there about was it. they announced it they put a poster out and everything look kind of cool um it was shortly after the maniac remake yeah. uh so four five. years ago maybe yeah. hmm. and you know it was it was you know announced and i think lustig uh says that he owns the rights or something it was like something crazy um uh okay so uh he was chatting with the movie crypt crypt aka adam green and joe lynch's podcast uh and he said it will be completely different thing tonally i think that's why i was hired i think the reason why nick was interested in me was because he saw what i had done with universal soldier in the sense that i took it and made it my own and went completely off the reservation with it nick reffin loves exploitation cinema as much as the next guy but he also is not interested in paying homage to things he loves maniac cop he loves the idea of it he loves everything it represents but he has no intention of making a tribute story we've spent several years now (laughs) developing this thing and what we're trying to do is make something that we're taking the idea of maniac copying exploring it in a deep way our hopes our hope is to is that this is something that people who are fans of the original will find pleasure in what we're doing because if you're into the genre of storytelling you're going to be into it but i also think we're telling a story about something bigger than that which is really the breakdown of society it's a big story that need needed a large canvas canvas the, the remake is supposed to be set in present day following a determined L.A. officer well, who sets anymore. out to <laughs> reveal the truth of rumors <laughs> and one of his fellow cops. I mean, to me, it just like uh, like the, the idea of Maniac Cop in a nutshell is that there is a bad policeman who is killing people, which is you could do anything with that. It's probably completely different. Um, I we haven't really talked about maniac cop on this show at all like even in passing our talk of maniac cop hasn't really existed that'd be a good trilogy to do one day maybe um i really like the first one i like the second one but i like the second one more i i love what originally was supposed to be the second one where um joe spinell's character from maniac was supposed to be the weirdo that the maniac cop befriends that would have been cool right yeah, but just exactly. Spinell died um that would have been really neat man well, let's do let's get an elijah wood team up. <laughs> let's so, do it now <laughs> so nick rep like he's only he's only producing this film he's not stepping behind the he's not directing this yeah who is that do you know who that is yeah man he's the guy that directed drive um yeah only, only god forgives he did neon demon yeah i think neon he's demon. just uh um the pusher trilogy 
And uh, Fahala Rising. Oh, dude, I love Neon Demon. The Pusher films are all fucking fantastic. Um, mm. He's got he's a, he's a he's he's a great director, man. Um, yeah, I personally love his films, but I would love to see like a Maniac Cop film with his. I mean, even though he's producing, I'm sure he's going to have a little bit of input, maybe to to visual the visuals behind it. Because if, I mean, if you watch Drive, Only God Forgives, I love Drive. Very fucking Drive's vibrant. Fucking awesome. and I know I, Only God Forgives took a lot of shit. I think it's also because the way he kind of talks about that film, he talks about it being like a masterpiece and. You know all that type of shit, and kind of get shit on for that a little bit. But I, I personally love it. But that aesthetic would be fantastic for something like Maniac Cop to put on. But yeah, I haven't seen that Valhalla Rising. It's one of the films I haven't seen. IFC released it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I found? Did did um? Maybe you guys will know. I saw this posted the other day. Did Spectre Vision produce Mandy? I don't know. Elijah Wood's crew? I believe so. Dude, they've been killing it with don't like the cult me. titles. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. Let me look at the back. I haven't watched it yet, but it's coming to Shudder in a couple days, so I'm going to check it out then. Makes sense. Elijah Wood has a pretty good... Yeah, it does. He's a producer. So. Yeah, okay, he's so... got a good eye for the, for the films, man. I kind of like him, man. I hope he keeps doing more shit like this. Okay, so look, I mean, this is this is Spectre Vision. Spectre Vision is literally like the cult film of the year. Usually, like uh, Toad Road back in 2012, mm-hmm. uh, 2014 had a girl walks home alone at night, Fucking then awesome. 2016 the Greasy Strangler, and now Mandy. Yeah, and those are all movies I like. Yeah, Toad Road grew <laughs> on me. I remember the first time I watched, it, I wasn't the hugest fan, but. But it's just interesting that they keep putting out like these weird movies that that get like kind of a cult following. Like, like because remember that I don't know I don't know anything about Mandy, but I kept seeing that Cheddar Goblin thing everywhere. Is that <laughs> in the movie? It's yeah. it's not even part of it. It's actually a commercial that is playing on a TV in the film. Yeah, and that's where it comes from. But it's yeah. It's, so it became a life of its own, just like the yeah the bullshit artist from crazy strangler like oh, you can see those memes everywhere yeah they also did the boy from 2015 i don't know just getting a sequel which no boy? no that's a different boy i think which boy? oh you're talking about the scream factory boy i think so <coughs> yeah yeah that, that was a good movie i like that one yeah but i like what they're doing specter vision's pretty interesting I, I try to keep up with them whenever they put out stuff hmm yeah they're doing big things man yeah how the hell's Astron 7, damn it? Uh, I don't know. Where are they? Astron 6, sorry. Um, <laughs> that's awesome, Astron 7. Yeah, where the fuck is Astron 7? I don't know. I've heard, uh, I've heard of Astron 6. I've heard of Astron direct, 6. The guy's directing the Leprechaun film, so. <laughs> Wait, really? That's him? Well, yeah, a couple he's of guys. directing a new Leprechaun film. Yeah. It's already directed. Well, he directed the new Leprechaun film. Thanks, you asshole. I know. <laughs> I can't wait for that fucker. Say it. You know. <laughs> um. Let's see. What else kind of news do we have here? About this. Uh, Severin Films is bringing Ted Raimi starring Skinner to Blu-ray. He's in Blood Rage. 
Did this come out already? Skinner, no, it was a it was a Black Friday announcement from Severin. Oh, so it was just the announcement. They didn't put it up for sale. No, yeah, they it, did not Black Friday. Yeah, it's up for sale. Oh, okay. So that's out. <laughs> that's announced and out. <laughs> no waiting necessary. Yep. That's kind of an interesting one. That's from the nineties. Yeah, I think it's from ninety. Is it any good mids? Uh it's okay. It's okay. Um I you know, I think Skinner, I was trying to remember, but I, I believe when Skinner first came out on DVD, it was like one of those very first gen DVDs from like 97 that came in like one of those uh, jewel cases. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I just have it on VHS, but it's like that's how old the DVD release of it is. It's been out of print forever. Um, I do remember that it has Ted Raimi in it. and it's Who's also, also in Blood Rage. Yes, and it has, and it actually has Tracy Lords, and um, that Nicole chick, Rick. and the chick that used to have that talk show, Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake, it? yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Ricky Lake, what, was it fat Ricky Lake or thin Ricky Lake? I'm pretty sure she's fat in this. Damn, yeah, That's man, I think it's Ricky. fat Ricky Lake. Yeah, so I like Ricky Lake. I'm not gonna lie, I used to watch her talk show when I was a kid. Me too. Yeah, she's no shot here. All right. Um, after that, uh, they announced Halloween, the Blu-ray, coming out January 15th, so just right and after. And 4K, the... you asshole. Yeah, and 4K. Uh, biggest thing about that, um, it's available for digital on December 28th, you know, because they want to get it out for the top 10 list. <laughs> um, but, like, anybody hasn't seen it already. But um, it, the, the I guess what the exciting thing that it has is deleted and extended scenes. Yep. A couple of them. And I watched one that's on YouTube and it sucks. I'm happy okay. they cut it out. Yeah. After that, um, this is this is the oh wait two more pieces. Um, so the Madman director or producer of the original 1981 slasher Madman. See, 81. They say 81. Um, said that he is writing a remake. Of the same movie? Of Madman. It's kind of stupid. I think it's read on IDB as 81 also. Who remakes sure. their own movie? Yeah, but people were arguing that it was 82 when we were doing the 82 show. Yeah, I know. Because it came out like December 29th of 81. Either way, who remixed her own movie? Uh, didn't that guy from... Yeah, the lift and elevator, but... And then didn't that guy from... Did the guy who did Funny Games do his own version? Yes, I was just going to say that. Funny Games guy yeah. remade his own movie. Who else remade their own movie? Uh, yeah, Dick Moss, of course, with the Dick lift. Dick Moss. Yeah. yeah, we know Dick Moss. Uh, oh, it's been done a few times. Who I wouldn't oh, mind who? seeing an updated version of Madman. Why not? It's pretty good. They got to keep the song though, right? You got to keep the song, and it'd be cool to kind of keep the same aesthetic look to it because Madman is known for having that like really unique blue hue to the look of the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've only seen it once. So. See, this is this is something that Shutter should produce. Shit, why not? Like, wait, like, because they're starting to get into their originals now, but it's mostly contemporary stuff. 
like you know just like not, not like 80s slasher style things or anything well eh, they, i mean they're doing their exclusives but i think they're starting to produce some original content now too mm-hmm. this this you know maybe they could do something like this i don't know you know he he goes on to talk about it but it's nothing super interesting but uh that's just something that you know more remake talk right I mean, what the? I, I actually, you know what? I would like a sequel to Madman. <laughs> a sequel? That's not a yeah. sequel. It's a remake. I know, but I'm saying I would like a sequel instead. Would you rather have the sequel or the remake? I think it's a little I bit think too I'd late for a sequel. Have a sequel. It is too late, but here's the thing: it's not like Madman is a high selling point, right? Who the fuck has ever seen Madman? A lot of people know, like us. But like in the mainstream, who the fuck has seen Nightmares? Nightmare exactly. City. That was our argument. Remember? Well, Moots thinks it's a good idea. So, <laughs> million dollars. But I'm saying, like, do you think that Madman? <laughs> do you think? Do you think Madman Two would sell at least to horror fans? But Madman the remake would that like would anybody in the mainstream be like, oh, dude, they remade Madman? No. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of weird. I, I don't know. think. I don't know. Just I, be. Like I, again, coming back to the conversation we had, even if they did a remake of, I mean, how many people went and seen Maniac or saw Maniac that didn't know it was a remake? Nobody. Probably a lot of people. I don't think that thing did that well, did it? I mean, on DVD, it probably did okay. I don't know. I'm assuming some probably people watched the film not knowing it was a remake. Yeah, I mean, this most probably... pe- yeah, most people. Yeah, Maniac probably wasn't sold on the fact that it was a remake. No, it was probably sold based on the fact that it was Elijah Wood. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, with a title like Madman, I mean, it doesn't have to be marketed as a remake. You just it's Madman 2019. Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying, Matt, it's not going to help it that much. I mean, right. horror's doing pretty well in the mainstream right now. Madman's oh, kind no. of a... here he goes. He's going to say it's a good idea. But it, it kind of is. The name alone is catchy enough that I think the name like... alone sounds like something you'd find in a red uh, red yeah. box that was produced by Full Moon. Yeah. Okay. If I saw something that was playing at the cinema called Madman, <laughs> oh. I would instantly go and see that shit. Oh. Give him yeah, a million dollars. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I know you would. I'm not saying you though. We're talking. We're talking the general audience. I don't think for the general audience though, man. Who does? Who can? The who studios. Can, who can on? That, but they don't. We, studios well, are we fucking. We can moron. speculate. That's that's kind of. But that's what it all is. Is speculation. That's exactly what the studios are doing too. They're just. Speculating. Yeah, but we speculate pretty well. I mean, our box office bra numbers speak for themselves. Honestly, I mean. Well, not mine. <laughs> I mean, I mean, horror movies for the most part are doing well theatrically right now, with the exception of Overlord didn't do very this well. This ain't gonna be a theatrical release. I'm no just way. saying. I'm just saying if they did put it theatrical, right? Who knows? I mean, slasher film. I don't know. It might. It might do okay. But yeah, it's, right. it's it's so fucking hard to predict, though. I mean, you guys had Overlord making pretty a lot of money, right? And it didn't do well. Who can? Who I don't can think really, we didn't have it that much. Who can Not really? Too much. Who can really predict that shit? I mean, I mean, we do a pretty good job. I mean, we do better than the people who get paid to do it. Some I look at. I look at what other people predict afterwards. We're not that bad. Yeah, I know we actually are a little bit better than I give us credit for. <laughs> yeah, but 
Like we've been spot on at least four or five times. Like spot on to the hundred. But also been way off too. Yeah, like, pretty close. Like I, you know, yeah, I've given Halloween credit. I've been given Halloween credit, giving it fifty million dollars, and it fucking makes like eighty million. Like, dude, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but we're also playing a game too, and we're we're playing it safe sometimes, and trying not to. Well, I thought fifty too- was. I thought fifty was pretty safe, man. I mean, there was a lot of fucking people that went and seen Halloween just because. Hey, it was Halloween. They didn't even know it was fucking, you know. A Halloween sequel, <laughs> you know, it's really fucking bizarre. Get I some. think a lot. I, I mean, a lot of people definitely once they saw Jamie Lee, they were like, "Oh, Jamie Lee, Halloween sequel." I think they would have seen it anyway, even if yeah. she wasn't. Well, it's it. Halloween, man. Yeah, mm. and it's Blumhouse, and horror is hot right now. You think back to when like Rob Zombie's Halloween came out, horror really wasn't that hot. Yeah, still made well, some good money, but like now. Like, arguably, this Rob Zombie's Halloween was a better movie, hands down. But this one made so much more money because horror is so hot right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's funny Joe Bob saying that he likes the Hills Have Eyes remake better than the original. I know. I thought that was cool because I do too. Yeah, me too. I give him props because sometimes like people in that era are stuck in their ways. I, you know? I think I'm <laughs> okay. I'm not even going to say anything then. Just gonna fucking, I'm, oh, you guys are just going to fucking try and destroy me, but I really no, don't. I, I've never, I've, I get the appeal why people like the remake more and I'm not against, I like remakes more. Wait, so you don't like, like the remake more? No, I actually like the original one. More. That actually surprised me. I thought you, I thought you were one of the people that liked the remake more. Mm-mm. I love the remake. I think it's great, but you know, it's definitely one of the better. They're remakes. both great movies. They're very on par with each other. They both have cool things about them. Like yeah. the original is like way more gritty and realistic feeling. The the uh, remake is way more like French, uh, over the top, and <laughs> oh like yeah, it it has its you know they both have their pros the, and cons. The, that they're exactly what you want out of a remake and original, right? Like you yeah. got you got. Yeah. Your classic original and you got your remake that's amped up a little bit. Both have cool mo- points to them. It's literally the perfect remake. Whenever you're talking, like like the Blob, I love I love the original Blob and the remake Blob is awesome too. Yeah, and like the Fly, like those are those are good examples too. Because like, but they both have enough different about them, but they're cool in their own ways. Like the original Fly is pretty awesome, but not in the way that the Cronenberg. Yeah, because Cronen- it's you know it's different. It's a lot different. Yeah. Special. It's the practical effects. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Maniac's effects. another good example, right? Complete two completely different movies, yeah. yet still have a lot of the same subject matter. Both amazing. That's yeah. what you want. Remakes. And those are all some of my favorite remakes, right there. I just list them off. <laughs> really did. Like th- those are the ones that I you know prefer over the originals and stuff. I really I think the Hills Have Eyes remake is awesome. It's one of the best. I just just the way I look at it though, like if I if I went to go pick a movie to watch and I had them side by side, I'd probably watch the original one first. We should do a a remake versus OG Last House on the Left. I think that would be kind of fun. Oh fuck! That fucking has Aaron Paul in it, bro. Before he was famous. See that? Yeah, that remake is is always man. There's a lot of fans of that movie out there. I've been noticing. I I like the remake more than the original. Most, most of, the, most, I, most of it. My biggest problem with the remake of that film <laughs> is it, it's so fucking dumb. It's it's that cliche Hollywood dumbed down bullshit. But it's not though, dude. That rape scene is intense. Not and not the, the rape scene. I'm talking about the outcome. You know, I mean, in the original film, it's so bleak because when you have your main characters like your girls die, 
it's that's a fucking bleak feeling. It leaves you so empty while you're watching it. This in, in the remake. Yeah, but why do it the exact same way though? But it's you that, know what I mean. Yeah, I'm not saying you have to, but I, I think that's what really works for the the original film has a lot see, of issues. See, look, this would be a good conversation. Somebody Patreon, Last House on the Left versus the remake. <laughs> you could do it for thirty dollars at patreon.com slash twenty two shots podcast. Yep. And the microwave Somebody scene. Somebody asked me about doing a Come on. Microwave scene. Remake versus OG. Yeah, that's stupid. I agree with that you. That is fucking stupid. But but also what is stupid is the shaving cream booby trap in the original. So Yeah, that is fucking you know? stupid. Yeah. Like, like Dude, what if you know what? I think we for now on we should ev- elevate the remake versus OG. Do the reviews, but talk about each key thing and compare them. Like, what does this one do better with Gord? What does this one do better with acting? Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's step it up a notch with the remake versus OG and turn it into a real, like, debate on the two films. Like a battle. Instead of just reviewing them. Yeah, I mean, you know, point out the pros and cons. Yeah, and, like, directly compare scenes if there's similar scenes. Like how, okay, let's look at th- this rape scene versus this rape scene. Which one worked better and why? Let's, let's, <laughs> which rape you know scene I mean? was more, <laughs> which was better. It was more fucked up. Yeah. It's yeah. just a better rape scene. I like that. All right. The final bit of news here. Some good news in my opinion. <laughs> uh, we have a yet another, man, I love when art exploitation is on their kick. Art exploitation films announces another film for the end of the year here coming out December 11th. Just in time for the holidays, we have Reinhardt Kyle's Nordic Slasher Christmas Blood to be released December 11th. Christmas Blood is the film uh, yeah. coming out December 11th. It actually, like, just looking at the screenshots, actually looks pretty cool, man. Got a Santa with an axe. Dude. This is, like, classic. As soon as I read the title, I was like, aha, of course. Kind of made me laugh. Yep. But then I saw where it was coming from. From Norway, I was like, oh, this could be fucking pimping. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like a Nordic slasher. I'm like, oh. That's Christmas yeah. themed. Horror, Christmas themed. I'm like, horrors, this is giddy up. Here, here's what it says. Horror's Santa slasher tales mixes with Scandinavian noir <laughs> in this Norwegian filmmaker's grisly Christmas blood. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it sounds sounds gnarly. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I am start. It, I, it's only November 25th, but I am starting to get in the mood for some Christmas horror. I'm feeling it. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. I went pretty hard last year with Christmas horror, but I, dude, why why doesn't it matter to you? Because you're Jewish. Yeah, where's the fucking Jewish okay, theme movies? So, so I'm not Christian. Does that not mean that I can't love some Christmas Christian Christmas horror? Huh? It's yeah. true. It's true. It's, I'm not religious at all. I I, I am no religion. <laughs> so why can't I enjoy some Christmas horror just because I'm not Christian? Okay. He's an See? atheist Mexican. Come on. So that's coming out. And I'm pretty excited on that. It looks pretty cool, man. They put out a Christmas horror film last year set in Australia. <laughs> This one seems to have a little bit more Christmas vibe. They've been wasn't um, they've been the one that we like, did a few years. Isn't the one that we did last year? Uh, in the same country. Uh, Rare exports. Yeah. Was it Norwegian? No, that's a that's a Finnish film. We did Finnish. Finnish. Same fucking thing. Well, same area, but 
I wouldn't say that. in Iceland and Finland and Germany now in one piece. I actually ordered a film today, but after Jeremy sent me the link to Epic Pictures for the sale, yeah. um, I didn't realize they were the ones that had, had put out Lasso because I actually just watched Lasso the other day and I was like, "This movie have a fucking release." He sent Lasso. Me this, yeah, he sends me this link for Epic Pictures sale. I'm like, "Oh, that's who put out Lasso." Okay, Is it so. a Christmas horror? Lasso? No, no. But oh. that's where I'm getting to, anyways. And I knew about this film because I saw someone post a link or whatever to Sleigh Bells, and they're releasing yeah, this film Christmas. called Sleigh Bells, so I had to pick that up. So anything Christmas horror-related, I always have to grab. But thank you, Jeremy, for sending that link, because it made me realize up. who had put out Lasso and, and, and Sleigh Bells. So it's good shit. 50% off Great. sale. And that is the news. All righty. Cool. Fucking thing sucks. Oh, yeah. JP, do we got a voicemail this week? Yes, we have one voicemail. Ready? Okay. It's kind of loud. Ready. It's kind of loud. Try to hold it away. Oh, wait, I'm not ready. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, turn it down. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I can't stop it. It won't stop. Oh, fuck. I'm blowing my head off. like an answer for both. So, wait, what's the question? I just wanna ask kind of an interesting question to see. Oh what shit! Anyway, all right, starting over. I can't hear what you. I have a ringing in my ear. Villain and hero. Do you I ran hero. The most? I'd like an answer for both. So, I just wanna. That's kind of an interesting question to see what you come up with. Anyway, have a great night. How does he know we're recording at night? Is he spying on us? I, I would ass- I would assume so. Um, you know what? I didn't catch any of that because my ears were ringing to death. That was loud. Did you have that thing on like ne- like minus ten volume, and it was still that loud? I had it. I t- did turn it down slightly <laughs> and pulled it away from the mic. I don't know why it came in so loud. They normally don't come in that loud. Anyways, if you could, could you like refresh us on the? Uh, the I think he the said favorite book. villain or nope. something. That's not what he said. Which horror villain and yeah. hero do you identify with the most? Horror so villain? Like, do I identify with them? Oh, okay. Horror did, villain and hero. Do they have to be in the same movie? No. I don't know. Hmm. Hero or let, villain would probably be easiest, I would think. All right, somebody go. <clears throat> villain wise, l- mm, hmm. <laughs> Who do I identify with the most? Um, that's like kind of an interesting question, right? Because it's like no matter who you pick, you're gonna look like a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I would say the guy in angst. There you go. That's you. You're fucking crazy, dude. But we you already know. Go I'm get crazy. some help. You already know I'm crazy. Jesus Christ! It's like you just pick the devil, essentially. <laughs> it's, <laughs> kind of, it's, leather, it's kind of ironic that it's a fucking German too. And Leatherface isn't a fucking the, uh, villain. Villain, villain. I, mm, I don't know what like identify with, like, 
does that mean that they're you're like them or does that mean that you understand them uh, which i don't really know how to approach it like i don't consider i i I have a hard time identifying. I mean, with I any identify villains. with Norman Bates the best because I could That's totally see where he's coming from. That was going to be my answer for Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that make? Yeah, I could, I could see that. Doesn't that make more sense though? Yeah, I guess it does. You um, know me when I'm put on the spot, I just say something stupid. In like, terms you know, of hero, I'm gonna say like the guy from Deathgasm. That's actually. Um, maybe like one of the Frog Brothers or something, kind of like their style. Or the people in Super Dark Times. Or, or or like Fool from People Under the Stairs, man. I feel that kid. Moods. I always, I always felt like I was hit like him. When uh, I man, this is something I've absolutely never thought about before. I just I have a hard time identifying with villains because I don't consider myself to have. Well, I'm Canadian. I don't have any bad bones in my body, right? I apologize for everything. <laughs> Besides when you get drunk. I didn't apologize over and over again there. <laughs> I bet you I did. I bet you I did go back. I probably said sorry a few times because, you know, it's the... Canadian. No, you just exited off before you said anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> horror villain. Does, does Jack Torrance count as a villain? Yes, I guess. Yes, of course. What do you mean? Does he count as a villain? He's clearly a villain. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just probably not. Probably not the ideal. But yeah, he's definitely a villain. Um, I always align myself with Tommy Jarvis from Part Six and Corey. Oh nope, Corey Feldman's Tommy Jarvis. That was me as a kid. Yeah, I could. I yeah, I guess Torrance's character just kind of makes sense to me uh, as a hero. <sighs> Fuck, dude. I don't know, man. Um, I'm. You're Jamie Lloyd. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go pretty cliche and say Ash. Ash. Yeah. I guess that's pretty. I don't know. Sense. That's like saying like, like, hey, who, who, well, if I'm... you like, if you were gonna be like one, like. You're basically saying you're Tom Brady. <laughs> How like, so? Because Ash is like the hero. He's like the guy, the I, best. I don't consider Tom Brady to be a hero. I consider Tom Brady no, to no, be no, a cheater. No, 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 not the hero. I'm saying like if you were going to say like, hey, which – hey, Moods, what, what does your football skills compare to the most? And you'd be like, Tom Brady, of course. <laughs> oh, so you're saying that Ash is like – He's the highest of plateau. Yeah, he's yeah, the highest on the hero, Mount Rushmore. On the hero spectrum, he's like, yeah, he's on the Mount Rushmore. So yeah, if, he, if you had to make up, if you had to make a horror hero Mount Rushmore, who would the other three faces fill out the mountain? So if you got Ash, Jamie on the, Lee Curtis as oh, Lois Judd. Fuck that man! She lost all of her street cred turning in Rambo. Even more, re- didn't Ash turn into Rambo? Come on. Yeah, but it's more realistic. Why, why though. can't a dude. Why, why can't a woman turn into Rambo? I'm not saying they can't, but it's just it's That's probably exactly. more realistic if someone like Ash does. But anyways, okay. Why so, Ash was a push pussy in in Evil Dead One. He didn't even do anything. He tried. Next thing you know, point. he's chopping off his arm and fucking shooting chainsaws. He tried, man. He did what he could. Come on. No, if realistically a horror hero, Mount Rushmore. I think you. I think you have to include, if you, or Donald Pleasance, I guess. Yeah. Donald Pleasance. 
Yeah, mm. as Dr. Loomis. Yeah, Dr. Loomis. Like, Ash is definitely there, without a doubt. Uh, Ripley? Mm. No? What? Okay, give me better options then. Because uh, I feel like you guys aren't really giving much. You're just saying no to all mine. Well, I'm really trying to think about it. Like, t- yeah, me too. I mean, I can think of heroes, but I'm trying to think of like ones that would that you could place on that type of plateau, which is pretty extreme. I mean, we're in Mount- agree- agreement. Ash is the the yes. one. Yeah, I see. Now, to compare with Ash, hmm, I think you got to go Ripley, dude. Ripley's not think- bad. Ripley's not bad because she's definitely probably one of the. I mean. I mean, it's a very politically correct world that we live in. Let, now. Let's I just think. let's just li- list them off, right? You got Nancy, no. Mm-hmm. You got Sydney Prescott, probably not. Although I am a fan of Sydney Prescott. Uh, Ashley uh, and Andy Barkley, no. Ashley Lawrence, hell no. No, see, that's what, like I'm running through those names too, and I'm like, I don't know. Man. Any of the Friday girls, Alice. Uh, about Roy Schneider, Tommy Jarvis. No, maybe Tommy's kind of close there, but no, not Roy uh, Schneider. Maybe like no, nope. Van Helsing, him. but how? Who? So many different people played him. Um, Roy Schneider. No, I'm saying like your strongest so far is Ash Ripley and either Donald Pleasance, who isn't very heroic in a way. He's just like he's like yeah, he's a He's not really the hero of the movie that much. Um, more so Jamie Lee Curtis is. But but who else is there, man? I mean, really think about it. I know, it's actually a hard question. So that's why I'm saying that's why I'm Ooh. saying that How James about Lee's... Charles Bronson? He's not in enough horror. How about but... Death Wish, bro? Eh, not horror enough. Oh man, come on, do, man. Anti, do anti heroes Pe- count? Anti heroes count? I mean, vigilantes is not exactly your typical hero. Like, I mean, it depends who you. It depends cool. on who. <laughs> yeah, Burt Gummer. There you go. <laughs> um, Gummer should be on there. <laughs> you got Alice from Resident Evil. Fuck that bitch. Uh, Ash is definitely one of the best. Um, Laurie Strode, like I said, man. Um, who else? Uh, Billy Peltzer. From- from Gremlins, Bert. Um, About, um, what's his name? Adam West. What did he hero in? Not Adam West. Uh, Herbert West. Not he's Herbert. not the hero. <laughs> yeah, he's a villain, man. <laughs> what about Richie Tozer? <laughs> you know how much you love Richie Tozer. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard, right? Like, I feel like you have to go with Final Girls. Yeah, mainly. I know. Like, I was kind of leaning towards that way too. Huh. It's crazy but, that but like most of the memorable re- ones are. Yeah, but <laughs> right? one thing remains the same though. Is Ash stands out above everybody as like the hero? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like the only easy choice everybody else is debatable i think ripley and jamie lee curtis i think those are the other two 
You know what, man? One, you know what, man? Yeah. I'm putting fucking Reggie on there, man. Reggie fucking Bannister. Damn, Reggie is pretty badass, but is he known enough? I don't know, Not man. Really. But he's fucking. He's. He's kind of a hero, though, man. Like he five movies, man. Dude, five that's movies. what I'm saying. Like, and he's kind of badass in all of them. He's he's likable. But is he fun. better than Tommy Jarvis? Yeah, Tommy Jarvis is kind of a fucking mess. Yeah, it's part five, Tommy, that fucks it up. Yeah, see, if Reggie's a Tom little bit more. He's cool the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Reggie's kind of stable the whole time. Kind of has his head on straight. But then, you, like, I mean, Andy Barkley's kind of cool, but he's a kid. Um, and then, like, if you're going one movie, like Ben, he's kind of a cool hero from The Living Dead. But that's the only thing he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think one movie you could say that. Yeah, I think you need more longevity. I think I'm going with Reggie, man. Reggie, Ripley, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Ash. <laughs> Mount Rushmore heroes. <laughs> there you go. That wasn't was even not the question. Your question, but we answered it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. If any listeners have their own version that they and a reason why, don't just put fucking Tony Tell. Yeah, I would love to hear it. Actually, I'd actually love to hear it. Yeah. It's, funny, it's well, funny. The more you think about it, it's like. You probably could have Ash with three women up there. But yeah. Bannister fits, though. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. Hmm. Mm. I can't believe I've never been asked that before. Villain would be fucking even harder, but it's because there's so many great ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's just a that's a everlasting argument right there. Yeah. The most villainous villains of all time. Any, that that was the voicemail. Yeah. Cool, cool. Cool. Draft House Films, everything is five dollars, including Blu-rays right now. They do that. They do that, man. They drop their shit. It's funny because Draft House is usually pretty expensive, but when they have a sale, it's like pennies. Yep. That's pretty cool, man. All right, so yeah, that was the voicemail. Moving it along, and let's get into some box office brawl. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, buddy. Yeah. What do we got this week, man? I heard it was some type of possession film. Yeah, we have The Possession of Hannah Grace coming from Sony slash screen gems god it just sounds so bad the name is just bad opening in 2000 plus theaters well yeah. they they obviously have some high hopes for this o- opening in over 2000 films or theaters with a title of possession of hannah grace it, it didn't have Man. a ton of marketing but it had a, a little bit towards the end there yeah and the one thing that I'll say is it does look like fodder for mainstream. Like, it looks like, oh, this is going to be scary. And I actually thought it looked good, personally. Um, because it's a it's about a girl who's alone in, in a morgue, and she gets a body that comes in, and it, it, there's something up with it. And, like, right away, I like stuff like that. So mm. I was kind of interested. What, what was the marketing campaign on it? 
the possession. Of I didn't Hannah really Grace, see much. The best possession film since the last film with possession in the title. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. It was just like, you know, scary stuff, really, like jump scare looking things. Yeah. So scary. Like, you know, how those trailers are where the yeah. people's head like turns backwards and shit like that. Typical possession I, stuff, I guess. I've never seen it. I've never it, seen it, a trailer. But the story, the, the reason why I thought it looked interesting is because the story is not typical, like haunting bullshit, like possession bullshit. It's like actually has like a, a unique story. You know, based on what I read and seen about it. So well, what Sony's it, it's releasing about, it, so. It's about someone named Hannah Grace who is in a morgue, like dead in a morgue? Uh, do they bring either... Yeah, I think that they bring in a body of Han, of Hannah Grace or something, and then, like, the, the mortician chick is there alone with it. And I take it it's possessed. Oh, oh, yeah, but when they bring it in... They say that th- this girl died during an uh, like a you know unlawful exorcism or something. Like some people were trying to exor- do an exorcism, and this ch- girl died. You know, okay. Uh-huh. That's kind of an interesting story, though, right? Like, like the the body comes in. And it's like, yeah, this girl died during an exorcism. That hmm. sounds all right. Hmm. Doesn't mean that's going to make money. And I mean, she's it's the you know it's the graveyard shift. Um, so you know, kind of a like seems like a you know isolated horror film like with you know the here's what the plot is when a cop who just who is just out of rehab takes the graveyard shift in a city hospital morgue she faces a series of bizarre and violent events caused by an evil entity in one of the corpses three million three million Hmm. for jam Oh man, it's not a bad guess because I, I I truly don't think it's gonna do well. But who knows? It could be a sleeper hit. I don't think so. <laughs> Possession <laughs> of Hannah Grace. Any marketing. Ah. This is big for Jeremy and Moods. I know that's because what if if you win this Moods. Then he owes you something. But if you lose to him, Push. then it's tied and we start over fresh in the new year. So, and then me and you are tied right now. So, whoever wins this between us will be owed something. Yeah, this is tough, man. Because if I go low and I fuck, I'm going to screw myself. Ah, uh, this is tough, man. I'm. Three is not a bad guess, <laughs> actually. Um, I'm gonna say four. I, I gotta keep. I gotta be in the same vicinity, man, because I don't think it's gonna do well. The question is, who wins if it makes three point five? Uh, Jeez, it, we imagine? would go. We would. We would just go to the next digit. You know what I'm saying? Because you can Because I've guessed like three three point one five before. Or like three point one zero five. Mm-hmm. So you said four. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna do the smart thing here, and I'm gonna say four point one. 
What a fucking dick. <laughs> That's a dick move, bro. Well, where where could I fit in? I wasn't going to say 3.5. I was going to say 3.5, and I was like, that's a dick move. <laughs> what? It's not part. a dick move. It is. If it makes, makes 3,900,000, you beat me. If it makes 3,000,000, you beat me. If it makes 2,000,000, you beat me. So basically, four and up, I win. Four and under, you win. Yeah, but I, I just, but I gotta beat Jeremy. Yeah, but I gotta beat Jeremy. Well, yeah. that's that's separate between you. you yeah, guys. exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I beat Jeremy or not. I already beat Jeremy. Yeah, Thanks. Sorry, I actually would. I would actually make it to twenty-two, so I'd win either way <laughs> if I beat Jeremy. <laughs> that twenty-two to twelve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Yeah, I, truly, I think it's gonna make seven million. No way. That's my. That's my truth. That's what goal. Overlord made. It's no way gonna make more than Overlord. Seven million. Damn. You know what? It is the set. It, it is like the bad time of year for these. So yeah, you're probably right. But I was thinking that it just is it PG. No, it's R. Well, it, this see, I give it credit because this is totally a movie that could have been PG. Hmm. I give him credit for ballsy. Wow. Yeah. It's R. Yeah. Majority of these films are kind of like PG-13, aren't they? Not this year, really, to be honest. But there has been in the past, though, right? I mean, yeah, in the past, but... The the actual tagline, if you're curious, is the most frightening thing about an exorcism is what happens next. Great. (laughs) Are you going to go see it, JP? Yeah, I actually think this movie looks cool. Well, I'm actually excited to see this. I can guarantee that I'm not getting it. So, so this will be the end of box office brawl for the year. We'll start fresh in the new year. I like the idea of making it a year-long competition. That's kind of cool. I think it might just start out pretty slow, like every year does. So, I don't and know when I'll do January? No, January. no, There's it's actually lot. starting off pretty, pretty hot. There's a lot. There's yeah. really in January. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think there's like four or five. Crazy. Yep. And also, when can I expect my copy of Land of the Dead? Whenever it's cheap. How cheap? Can we talk about this? Uh, what's it at right now? Probably forty seven ninety nine. Forty. <laughs> I feel yeah, like twenty two is cheap. If it when it goes down to twenty two. That I actually got that cheap. one for really cheap. That was a cheap. It was purchase. fifteen. It was. It's twenty three forty nine. Yeah, I think I only paid twenty. It goes down nine. to twenty two because I just lost a bet and I gave a, a copy of Hell Knight, which was twenty two. I thought that was fair. You mean you got it for free and you're going to give it to somebody? What? Hell Knight. No, I bought them Hell Knight. I don't. I don't get Scream Factories for free. Oh, Hell Knight. I I thought that's the movie that came out this year. That's Hellfest. No, yeah, I, yeah. Hell night. I bought them the screenplay. Luis beat me in a bet, um, and I had to send him a copy of Hell Night. Yeah, Hellfest is probably like ten bucks on Blu-ray. No, oh, it's twenty. Really? It'll end a couple months. Damn. But anyway, that is box office brawl. Creep show still forty-two. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Have you checked 
portion of the show that is what we watched and this week is going to be strictly all patreon picks i believe so if this is your first time tuning in it's part of the show we review some films give some ratings and then pass it along so who wants to start us off this week jeremy i'll go i'll go <laughs> okay jeremy. okay let's do um Devin's ghost the legend of the bloody boy from the year 2005 god that sounds amazing it really does. Actually, it's actually one of the better films Mikey Fisher have given me. That doesn't mean it's good. It's complete and utter ass. But on Mikey Fisher level, it's not too bad. <laughs> so, Mikey Fisher mid- level, it's like an eight. <laughs> yeah. This is like a uh, two, mid-2005 floating heads inspired kind of slasher film. It feels very mid-2000s with the soundtrack and, you know, goth culture and all this other stuff that was happening in the mid 2000s uh and it's very follows a very similar uh narrative to a floating head slasher film where we follow this legend of the bloody boy uh also known as devin anderson and mr anderson got murdered uh by his parents one day uh at in this house across the street from this school this high school where everything's happening and of course one night bloody Devin's ghost comes back and starts to fucking pick everybody off one by one. But on top of that, we have mixed martial arts funness happening with the kills and people fucking karate chopping and shit like that along the lines. And the funny thing about this movie is that there's actually two ex power Rangers in this film. Don't know which fucking series they were in, but it's two, um, to X Power Rangers, so the martial arts thing makes sense, and it's probably fucking written into the story. But uh, of course, the town thinks that it is a copycat killer. Where these high school students, of course, know that it's the, the ghost of Devin Anderson coming back to fucking kill all the ex classmates that he was once pissed off at. It is what it is. You know, it's a floating heads, mid 2000s, straight to DVD slasher with absolutely some of the horriblest acting you'll see in a film, hands down. That's the worst part of this movie. The acting is awful beyond awful. It's horrible, absolutely horrible. But the film is made okay. Technical aspects are totally fine. They're actually out in the setting and not in front of a fucking green screen like the last couple of movies I've had to watch. So I got to give it credit like that. Um, technical merits are all good soundtrack like i said it's, i grew up in the mid 2000s so i like the soundtrack has that um uh, uh you know uh, fallout boy kind of style to it i guess that's a good analogy i guess but uh the, the effects are fine they're not too badly cgi they seem to be all practical and it's overall what you would expect with a film titled Devin's Ghost Legend of Bloody Boy from 2005. So I give it a 4 out of 10. It's not too bad as a Mikey Fisher film. <laughs> 4 out of 10 is not good for a regular film, though. <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're usually like in the points. Yeah, they're usually what in the point five to 1 range? Yeah, they're mm. like 2. Uh, Karen Ashley, I guess she was in Power Rangers. She, she was in the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger, the movie. She played the Yellow Ranger. She's in this. And um, 
and the Black Ranger from the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger movie. It's also in this. Hmm. So two Power Rangers. Um, I would not recommend it, of course, but um, yeah, I'll be expecting to review another piece of shit movie next month, so have fun. (laughs) (laughs) JP. All right, so uh, first up, I'll do my Mikey Fish as well. Oh, a little disclaimer here. I actually did get a third film called Bloodletting from Dave, but I ordered a copy of it from the company that put it out, uh, Tempe Entertainment, and it was a sealed copy, and when I got it, I opened it up, and there was no disc. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) So what are you going to do? Are you going to call him bitch at him? Uh, I actually just posted on their Facebook page me opening it, like, hey, what's up with this? Did they respond? Yeah, they like immediately, and they're like, we'll ship you out another disc. Sorry. And I was like, that's pretty good for a company that's going out of business. Oh, they're (laughs) going out of business? Yeah, I think so, aren't they? I don't know. Buds? I think they are. I think they are, actually. Yeah, I I think they're going out of business, so um, that's pretty good customer service for a company that shouldn't care by now. You know, um, so yeah, they're gonna ship me the disc, um, which I appreciate, and uh, I will get to it next month. Um, so yeah, so instead, I will be doing Mikey, and I, I messaged Davey's cool with it, everything's good. Uh, Mikey Fisher gave me a film from 2008 called 100, 100 Feet, uh, and this film follows a woman who has been incarcerated for the murder of her husband gets out of prison goes back to her home gets put on house arrest and begins being haunted by said husband so it's kind of like this the story is a little bit wonky to me because she claims that he was abusive and it was in self-defense it seems like there's some evidence to that uh, like she p- 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 filed like a bunch of police reports saying like, Hey, he's very abusive <laughs> and she tried to escape one night and you know, he try- comes at her with a knife and she kills him in self-defense. Um, but apparently he had some like buddy cops who like kind of swept it under the rug. I don't know. It feels kind of unbelievable to me. Also, uh, she can't leave her house period. So she like begins to get like, she calls for a delivery boy to like bring her, like food and stuff and like groceries and she gets a job from home. And, um, I feel like the person who made this hasn't done much research into house arrest because, you know, you can still work. Uh, you just have to be back by a certain time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They have to have, yeah, no, they have to have your your schedule and then they can work around that. You have to be home within like an hour or a half an hour after your, yeah, I've had buddies that have been house arrest and shit. So, and <laughs> yeah, I've had, literally, I've literally had family yeah, my in bu- this. My buddy thought it was a good idea to try and outrun the cops on his, uh, on his crotch rocket. Yeah, that didn't, he that really didn't, didn't get away. That usually goes pretty well. Honestly. Yeah, how do you, you, know, get away? you know what happened, dude? They fucking laid out of one of those spike traps and he hit it. Mm, yeah. He fucking bailed. He, he was it. fucked up for a while too, man. It was brutal. So then they they threw That'll the book at him. You. <laughs> they threw the book at him because he was endangering lives by running. He was fucking st- just being stupid. Of course, you're going to be screwed if you. If oh you yeah, get caught. He, he got a nice little. He was working at M- uh, MTV at the time too. It's kind of funny. 
damn yeah, uh, but <laughs> like and she can't go down into her bit because like she learns that if you uh if like she starts researching like hauntings and stuff like that and she finds out if you like you know people are saying like hey if you, you want to get rid of all the person's possessions because you know that that's a piece of them uh so she wants to get rid of his clothes in the basement but she can't go down in the basement because her fucking thing starts beeping 100 feet and i'm like come on it's the guy in the basement man it's not gonna it, like th- <laughs> i feel like they should have laid out the groundwork with the actual house arrest thing a little bit better in this film because it was kind of annoying me a little bit um and i also don't understand why this dude don't just kill her the ghost guy um so it's one of those frustrating like it's kind of i like the premise like it's a kind of a cool premise you feel bad for the character because her husband was like piece of crap abusive person and uh, again i don't even know why she's out like usually when you kill someone and it's not in self-defense you're pretty much like the book gets thrown at you am i right um usually so (laughs) yeah like they don't let you out on house arrest (laughs) um but yeah so it's the plot's a little bit wonky I could see where Mikey was coming at from this one because, like, maybe had this film came out a little bit earlier, it might feel more of like a gem. Like, if this came out in, like, 2001 as a direct-to-video, it would feel like more like a gem because not much good stuff came out direct-to-video back then. It was, like, kind of higher budget and stuff. But because it's, like, there's, like, great movies from 2008. Like, this is where the indie train was rolling at this point. So, like... um it, it's it just feels a little bit weak um it's not it's not terribly bad there is actually a couple scary like carly like j- freaked at a moment that was kind of scary um the ghost dude looks good sometimes looks really bad other times uh it's it's not bad i would probably give it like a six out of ten what was the name six of the movie th- again uh, 100 feet from 2008 oh yeah yeah okay like thinking of this shit and i'm like this movie sounds familiar yeah i've seen it before <laughs> Fuck. I, I can't even remember if i liked it or not I it has the girl on the cover crying right uh i don't, I don't know i don't even yeah. i'd have to see the, my dvd yeah, i think, I do I have think it, that's though. it it's like the girl on the cover is like I'm it's one of those ri- yeah but mm-hmm. i don't even know if she's crying it's like there's a bloody backgrounds and stuff it, it's one of those like extremely like generic looking covers from like the mid two thousands. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, sticking with the Mikey Fisher theme, I actually wasn't going to do this film first, but you know, since it only makes sense to do it now, uh, of course, this is coming again from Mikey Fisher from two thousand eleven. The film called Trippin'. With no G. I have this movie. <laughs> um. This one, I was surprised I didn't own because. It was released by Camp Motion Pictures, and I usually pick up a lot of the releases because I, I like to support that company. They put out a lot of good indie stuff. Uh, so, of course, I went ahead and purchased and I thought the DVD release was actually quite cool, man. You know, it's got the film, double disc, and it's got a whole pile of tra- or, um, shorts and stuff from the director, which I thought was a very nice kind of added bonus to it. But anyways, Trippin' from 2011. Didn't know anything about this film going into it. It has... A plot that is very cliche, um, you know, in general spoken word. It's basically about 
these three couples that go out to this remote cabin to simply do some R&R. They're out there to specifically party and do drugs. That's their whole goal is to go out there and just relax and smoke bud and and uh, do some R&R. Of course, one of the one of the characters tells a story about a killer that uh, something bad had happened to him out in the woods and some people went missing. You know, kind of a cliched story about a killer and, you know, he might still be out there type deal. Uh, nevertheless, you know, they end up start dying off one by one and it's kind of your film. Uh, it's, it's dubbed as a stoner horror comedy from hell. It is, man. You know, it's it's about a, a bunch of cliched characters that are doing drugs. Of course, you got this the guy that tells a story in this film is the biggest dickhead ever. He's just such a fucking jerk, man. It's actually kind of funny. Then, of course, you got the one girl that is totally against everything that everyone's doing here. You know, she's the uptight one that doesn't do the drugs. And then, you know, it's one of those movies where I think that if you don't get involved with the characters, you might not get involved in the in the whole film. Uh, I did like how the director slash writer, Debbie Snelly, I don't know, he's got a really weird name. He presented this film as being a very cliche film, but it doesn't take that full approach. And I really kind of shocked me. I was expecting this one to, you know, have a third act, like all these type of films, blah, blah, blah. It didn't go that way. And I was like, wow, it's actually kind of unique in itself. Um, By the end of the film, I was kind of like, man, you know, without giving too much away, but I was kind of getting this Dale and Tucker type vibe to it. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it was kind of shocking to me. You know, it's one of those films that was kind of a little bit refreshing. I mean, the acting in the film is a little bit hit and miss. The comedy is also hit and miss at times. I mean, it's stoner comedy, it's bitchy comedy, it's asshole comedy. It's got it's kind of got that whole blend to it. I will say though, the writing was a lot better than I was anticipating it to be. It's shot a lot better. It actually looks pretty decent for what it is. The location in the woods. You know, I like that type of shit. There's a lot of pros to the film. I just think the biggest fault for the movie, again, and I, I say this a lot, it this one runs too long, but it has bad pacing. Uh, it takes a long time for things to finally develop, and I feel like the sh- I feel like the third act in this movie is a little bit too short, considering, you know, we're with these characters for a good 75 minutes of kind of coming and going and weird things happening and shit. And, you know, I feel like the, the third act is really short in this one. I think that was kind of the biggest downfall to the movie. But after I was, you know, after I was done, even though she watched it with me and she thought it was pretty good. She's like, it's actually a lot better than I was anticipating it to be. Just because, you know, the opening scenes where it's kind of goofy, you know, like they're following this truck. And this dude has this super bloodied up, <laughs> bloodied up rug. And it's like obviously supposed to be a body in there and shit and it's just like so fucking goofy and shit i just kind of laughing and stuff but it's got those type of moments to it but uh um yeah overall man i think this if this one was just cut down i probably could do like 20 minutes get rid of a lot of that character development uh i think it would be a lot better but the biggest thing is the characters you know if you if you don't invest in them you're probably not going to really dig the film but there is one really cool character by the name of uh uh i think his name is zed in the film I think that's what his name is. But yeah, he's kind of like the main character in this one. And he's definitely the highlight of the movie. So he's actually on the cover of the film. But um, but all in all, I enjoyed it for what it is. It's not like a fantastic movie, mind-blowing or anything. But on the indie level, I'm going to give this one a little bit of props. I'm going to go with a 6 out of 10 on this one. Mikey, like you said, I did enjoy it for what it is. But just a tad bit too long. So that's tripping from 2011. Boom, boom. All right, last up, 
in this week's What We Watch. So when we talk about the great world cinema directors, you know, we got the Godard, we got Hitchcock, we got Fellini, we have Fassbender, uh, Kurosawa, and we have this man, Mr. Andrei Tarkovsky from the motherland of Russia. And, uh, you know, this guy's so influential in cinema today. He only directed seven films, and each and every one of them uh, has their own purpose of standing alone as really some of the greatest films ever made. I've seen all seven of his movies, of course, when I was in film school. He's an insanely highly influential uh, director, uh, one of the greatest filmmakers who ever lived hands down and it's really fascinating that the guy only directed seven films and he really uh stands the time uh and he died in the late 80s so he wasn't around for that long sorry go ahead so what i don't know if you're getting to that point but why did he only direct seven films because he died in 1986 but like he died young when was his first movie he, his first film was uh, Ivan's Childhood in 1962, yeah. and his last film was The Sacrifice in 1986. So between 62 and 86, he made seven films, and uh, you know they, they they're all very complex. Uh, yeah, 24 deep, years. Yeah, that's highly not philosophical films, films um, and they're known. They're very known for. Uh, being very deep in philosophy and and having that sort of uh, film language to it that it takes a very uh, seasoned viewer to watch his movies and get it. Uh, this movie, now I've seen twice, but you, you would really have to watch it so many times to fully grasp everything that is going on in this movie. And it's mainly, it? it's called Stalker from the year 1979. And all his movies, you know, are very long. They're like between two and a half and four hours long. And this one is Jeez. his most, I would say, horror-based. It's really a sci-fi drama film. It's 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 not a horror movie whatsoever, but it, it has a really cool premise. Um, it, uh, it takes place in like this uh, futuristic world, very similar to a Eraserhead kind of uh, setting. Of course, David... Uh, you could tell that uh, Fincher was very not Fincher fucking Lynch, Lynch was very influenced uh, by this film. It it has a very similar kind of setting. So it takes place in this uh, futuristic setting where um, there's this place called the Zone, and the Zone is a place where uh, it's guarded by the government and the army, and not too many people could go there. And it's a very mysterious place. And there's these people called stalkers who are uh, people who have traveled through this place before and they're seasoned and they're trained of sneaking into uh, the zone and taking people who have a high sum of money to wherever they wanted to go into the zone. (laughs) So we follow, and by the way, none of the characters have names. They're just uh, categorized by their profession. So we have the stalker who takes this um, writer and this professor who wants to go into the zone seeking uh, this place called um, it's like a place in the zone where it's like a room and in this room it is uh, it it ultimately um, allows you to live your wildest dreams and this is very uh, highly guarded by the government and the army because whoever goes in there of course could use it against um, 
against other people because basically it's 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 heroin forever so it's basically just the stalker and these two people traveling through the zone and the things that happen along their way from um, when they first get in as they try to visit this room that has all these amazing uh, things inside of it. It's very Wizard of Oz inspired too. Um, it has that journey kind of a feel to it. Uh, with this movie, it's very interesting though. Like I said, it has long takes, but um, fairly influential by uh, Japanese cinema. Tarkovsky never really moves the camera very much. Um, he never really uh, zooms in or really never pans unless he really needs to. And that's a very um, important aspect of Japanese cinema is the fact that, at least you know, during this time, is that... to or it's it's important to getting the shot that he needs to so um it's just a really fascinating story uh it's a journey film but it has a whole bunch of um different things kind of going on and it's very interesting because when we're outside this zone he uses black and white cinematography but then when he enters into the zone it changes into a very uh mono color scheme and it's very interesting to see the it fluctuates between the two different places and these characters going back and forth between the two. This is an amazing film. Uh, of course, it's a 10 out of 10, like every other film that he's made. Um, huh. It's one of my favorites of his his film from... Uh, what, is, what is your favorite? This one... I, I've is, actually never heard of this guy. This film from 1972 called Solaris, which is really fucking good. It's, it's another science fiction kind of a film. I think that one would be more... Uh, along your level it's like uh people going aboard the space station and trying to orbit this planet called solaris and and the fact that they're stuck in this place and their uh interactions with each other it's very 2001 space odyssey influence well so it came out around the same time yeah it's sci-fi maybe i'll watch it just because 72 and sci-fi whatever yeah, what year did this movie came out? What seventy nine? Did you say seventy nine? And you and have you seen any of this guy's game. movies? Moods? I actually haven't. I, I know the director. I have not seen any of his movies. I know the Solaris movie that he's talking about. That's actually the one I do know of. I have not seen any of them. Um, huh. But you you'd mentioned David Lynch was uh, could have been inspired Thank by this you. film. The thing is, Eraserhead came out, I believe, a couple years before that, though, like seventy six or seventy seven. Hmm. And you got to remember, Eraserhead is also the production seven, of that film seven, started yeah. in like seventy. It yeah. took like so many years to get that movie out. So it's weird. Maybe it's the other way around. It could be. I mean, yeah. I think. I mean, Eraserhead was so popular in the seventies in the in the you know the midnight movie scene and shit. Who knows? Especially <laughs> the art house scene, which yeah. this guy probably frequented. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Definitely could have been. That was a pretty good review. Cool. Yeah, good job. Check it out. It's good. good All right. Uh, Next up for me is I'm going to be brief on this one just because this is a film we're going to be doing next year for Italian Horror Month. And this was from Fan of Eli. I just wanted to get I think he enjoyed that I was going through Argento's filmography and and wanted to hear my thoughts on Sleepless. So I'll be quick with this one. Not going to get into it too much because, like I said, we're doing it in less than a year at this point. You know what I mean? Uh, So uh, Sleepless is what many people consider the last great Argento film from 2001. Um, and it, first of all, let me just say this. This movie opens fantastically. 
Uh, I like, but the opening you got that goblin score. Um, you have this uh, this this nude scene thing that happens, and then this girl leaves, and she gets on a train and stuff. But all this whole build up is just like it, it very early Argento reminiscent, but still very much like new feeling. So I was like right down with this film right away, and I was like, oh, this is I could I could see why people say it's the last good Argento film. Um, but then it kind of slows down a bit and and that is its biggest problem is this is a very slow movie so the plot basically follows um it's kind of told not straight like forward um but it it follows a detective who is investigating a murder uh that is happening murders that are happening now but he was also the same detective that uh investigated murders back in the day back in like the 80s known as the dwarf murders and the main suspect of those dwarf murders had died. He was, uh, it's called dwarf murders because the person, the main suspect, uh, was a novelist who wrote Giallo film, uh, novels and he suffered from dwarfism and he died. So they considered it done and over with. Um, and then flash forward to present day and all of a sudden these similar type of murders, are happening again and they're like yo what's up with this so it's up to him and then another person whose mother had been killed during the original murders this is 17 years later um to 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 figure out what's going on it's it's like a giallo you know uh i man i don't know like that i like this movie uh a decent amount and i just think that the biggest problem is one see here's the problem I watched it on an artisan VHS, which I hear is cut to shit, um, because there really wasn't any good. There's one good gore scene in the entire film. It's like a face stabbing. Um, so I don't really know. It, it, like if if there's an uncut version and there's more gore in it, I could totally see liking the movie a little bit more because it would it would space out the pacing a little bit to where it wasn't so uh, long paced. Um, there's good set pieces in it. The music is good. Other than there is this weird, like dopey ass, like Wes Craven style bumbling music that plays throughout too. And I was like, what the hell is this? Um, so that was kind of bugging me. It just threw me off. I was like, what the hell? Um, because there's really good music. And then there's like this, just, ugh. <laughs> um, that nasty just, just doesn't fit music. And that was, you know, kind of annoying me a bit, but, uh, I I actually like the reveal in this one. I I didn't see I didn't predict any of this. It's kind of weird with the dwarf thing. Like this is like a dwarf killer. Um, but yeah, it's it's actually it's it's a solid Argento again. I mean, it's it's definitely not bad. Uh, I haven't so the streak continues with all of the films that I've seen from him are solid at least. And this one uh, probably better than Trauma. I don't think as good as Stendhal though. Anything's better than Trauma. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you would think it's better than Trauma. Um, I like them about the same personally, but I think I, I would like to see an uncut version of this one. I know that didn't Arrow put a version of this out? Yeah, they did on DVD. No Blu-ray though? No. Okay, so no Blu-ray. Um, yeah, but I think the Artisan version is pretty cut. From what I understand, yeah. So 
The only version of this movie I've ever seen is the artist in one. I never grabbed that Arrow DVD back in the day. It's really hard to find now. I'm not even yeah. sure if it's uncut or, or not, to be honest. I never really did yeah. any research on it, but I just remember this movie being boring as fuck. That's all, I, <laughs> that's all I remember from it, man. Yeah, I mean, it's long. It's two hours, man. It's two hours. It's it's long. It's long, Argento. It's like, I would say it might even be more slow-paced than Trauma. <laughs> yeah. But it's been a long I, time. I enjoyed it enough. Yeah, I feel like you have to be in a certain kind of mood for these as well. Um, but I think that I think it could lead to an interesting discussion next uh, ep- next Italian Horror Month when we cover it. Um, I won't mind watching it again. I, I, hopefully, somebody puts a good version. This 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 film is in desperate need of a better version. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I bought the VHS to watch it. <laughs> no. So um, my quality wasn't the greatest as as well. But I, I love the opening of this film. I'm telling you, like on the train with the goblin score and stuff like that. It is goblin, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't so, even remember the opening scene at all. Like, yeah, it's just so gone out of my mind but um i i came in at a seven out of ten on this one damn uh, yeah it's a, i mean it's a solid movie it's a little boring but i thought it was pretty pretty good story um it's a little you know a lot of these a lot of jealous are a little convoluted with like certain things but um you kind of have to accept them um yeah another another solid argento man hmm. yeah great i wow okay i wasn't expecting to come in so high on it I was a little bit shocked by that. So. Yeah, I I think I didn't I give trauma a seven. I think I did. Yep. Um, yeah, like so yeah we, I would say it's about that quality. Yeah, I think we were all so far apart on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so last up for me tonight um, is uh, I don't know who sent me this one. Does anyone know before I go? Yeah, oh, it's Rob Hankins. Rob Rob Hankins. All right, so yeah, from um, 2006 and part or of Hank- Hankins, yeah, Rob Hankins. Hankins. I, think it's, I think it's Hankins, yeah. Uh, from 2006, and it's called Mulberry Street. Uh, this was part of the eight films to die for uh, series. I think this is from the first one, the first eight nope. films to die, or second one maybe. It's not the first. I think it's the second. Yeah, first or second? I can't remember. I fucking. Really it's not it. the first. I'm sure it's not the first. Okay, I have all this in front of me. Okay, so. Then it's definitely the second season or the second series because the third one is definitely not part of the third one. Um, yeah, but directed by Jim Mickle. And this was the very first uh, feature length film that he did. And then he, you know, honestly, man, I don't really hear a lot of talk about this guy for some odd reason. And he's directed four good films, in my opinion. Um, 2010, he did Stakeland, which I enjoy. I did the remake of We Are What We Are, which I enjoy. I know a lot of people, some people didn't really care for it too much. The Spanish version is better, but I think it, I but, liked the, it. but this movie was just, it, he took a little bit of a different approach to it, and I thought it was really good. And of course, he did Cold in July, which, you know, it's not a straight up horror film. It's more it's of a pretty good noir. Yeah, it's, you know, crime. Th- yeah, exactly. Um, good ass film. So this guy's got a little bit of fucking talent, man. You know, he's on the directorial side of things and you know going into a film like mulberry street you know it sounds cool it looks cool and shit and uh you know if you were to read the the synopsis of it you'd kind of be like what the fuck really it's one of these type of films 
And I feel that that's why a lot of people maybe have not seen this one. You don't really hear a lot of people talk about this one, surprisingly, because it's actually a really decent film. But basically what we have here is we have... Um, we have a bunch of people that are trying to survive a deadly uh, infection breakout caused by rats. Um, so essentially we have a bunch of, you know, different type of people that know each other inside this apartment building that's just been, actually everybody in the apartment building's actually just been recently evicted. I think they're demolishing a building or something like that. And of course this outbreak happens in the subway system where these uh, infected rats start biting people and, and then it just kind of turns into a plague type deal. So now we follow these type of different characters and they're trying to survive this outbreak and shit. Um, you know, it sounds silly because when you go one step further and, you know, once you get bitten by a rat or somebody else or whatever, you get, you know, infected. But you actually kind of turn into like a rat creature a little bit. I know. It's it's like it sounds so fucking. But the way they the way Mikkel did this in the film, he never shows, you know, he kind of shows you. With longer like hair growing out of your ears and thing, it's it's never to the point where you turn into a fucking rat. You know, it's it doesn't have really mm-hmm. stupid over the top effects. It's not and like you turn into a dolphin. No, you don't, and you just kind of you you get certain traits of this rat. You know, like your mouth and, and shit like that. But it's not over the top. The thing I like, but that's one thing I like about this movie the best is that it actually takes itself serious uh, because you know, let's face it, man. You know, rats have been the cause of. <laughs> The world's biggest plagues. I mean, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, what, 30, 40% of the world's population died in a plague caused by rats. And that's why this storyline kind of makes a little bit of sense. You know, rats carry millions and millions of diseases. If they actually did start attacking, you know, because they're all fucked up in the head and shit. And, you know, this could possibly happen again. You never know. It's not a zombie film. People always say it's like a fucking zombie rat film. It's not. People are being infected. It's not fucking zombie film. Um,. But the thing I like about this movie is actually the characters. Everybody's kind of unique, and all the characters seem really real. You know, there is some cliche characters. They do, they do have a gay guy in here. I really like the character, the boxer guy. He's an older guy, and he's actually waiting for his daughter to get out of this rehabilitation uh, hospital because she was injured during the war, and she was, you know, making her journey to this apartment for her birthday and stuff. And I like that whole aspect of that, and... But the thing that really sells this film is that the characters feel fucking real. And the way he shoots this, it's got this really kind of dark and dreary, doom and gloom type feel and look to the film, which is fantastic. The acting is great in the film. Um, the blood and gore is its not over the top and shit, but it's there. It's present. It's enough to kind of satisfy you know that aspect of these type of films, these infection films and stuff. And I think it's just a brilliant film. It really, da- it really is a good infection film. And I wish it would get mentioned more among this subgenre of films because it's uh, definitely the highlight, one of the highlights from, I think, yeah, probably the second season. The first eight films to die for was fantastic. I mean, it has Frontiers and has so many good films like Nightmare Man and shit, but this is one of the better ones, I think, for the <clears> second <throat> one. Frontiers so. isn't in, in part one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was one Frontiers? of the... Frontiers? Not in the first season. Not yeah. in the first series. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. No. It, it actually is, dude. It was the film that was pulled from the eight films to die for released as in the first series. There's nine films in the in the first eight. In the first series. <clears throat> I'm investigating. Yeah, so there's nine films actually released for the eight films to die for series one. And Frontiers, I believe, is the bonus one because they they pulled it from the festival because it was deemed too fucking. No, violent. Frontiers was the second season. 
Okay, so then maybe the second season has nine films. <laughs> but anyways, the, the point is it was fucking pulled. So, but yeah, the first couple yep, seasons. Yeah, eight second films. season has nine films. So the first, first season has nine too, but not Frontiers. Okay. Memories foggy. I haven't watched these films in a while. I haven't thought about the eight films to die for in a long time. Because it kind of, they did four seasons and it kind of, it went to after dark and uh, shit got all fucked up. But some of, most of the better films are in the first two series, but this is one of them. I highly recommend Mulberry Street, man. It, it's a good watch. It doesn't overstay its welcome at all. I think the cinematography is fantastic. It, it actually, you know, for a film that shot in 2006 or mid-2000s, whenever you shot it, it, it has this kind of gritty New York feel to it. It's amazing. You don't see a lot of films from this time period that actually kind of capture, you know, not the high end of New York. It's more of the grittiness and, and things like that. And I love that. I absolutely love that, man. It, it feels like a more of a contained horror film, even though there is scenes outside of the outside of the apartment building where they're, you know, kind of trying to survive and shit. But it's fantastic, man. It's, it's claustrophobic. It's, you know, it's intense at times and shit. And it, it really does work on all levels. And I'm glad that they took it serious and didn't go over the top with stupid shit because I would have kind of ruined the film. But yeah, Mulberry street, seven and a half out of 10. I think it's worth your time. Give it a shot. Yeah. I've always heard uh, good things about that one. See, I've always, I mean, honestly, one day we should cover these films on uh, an now, episode. Now you got me all like, fucking tripping now. I can't remember which ones are which from which series. I know Nightmare. <laughs> Ma- I know Nightmare Man is from the first. Well, one. you keep saying like you keep saying it's just from part one, but I, I'm looking at part one in front of me, so I knew, <laughs> I knew that it wasn't. Okay. Yeah, Snoop Dogg's some- Hood of Horror yeah. and The Tripper were the bonus films from part one. That was from- in. They weren't that released. Was one of those films. They weren't. They released. weren't released as them, but they were no. part of the festival. They were part of the oh. exactly. They were part of the festival. They weren't released on disc as part of those box sets or anything. They were yeah, bonus shit. But yeah, but yeah, no. There is honestly, man, in the first four, which I consider the real ones, because the the later ones, the after dark ones, kind of they were still festivals, but it was different. It wasn't highly. Acclaimed. Wait, you mean the 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 after dark horror fest, right? Because there's the after dark horror fest, then the after dark originals that yeah, came out, which was later. it was related to the eight films to die for it was just like the new s- series of them kind of thing the new festival yeah. they kind of changed it so um they, they were hit and miss and shit but yeah i would like to you know honestly cover a lot of these films because some of them really yeah like decent. what if we did like just the first eight films to die for one year you know 2006 be fun and just did There'd be just not- did all just did all, all yeah like you know did them all as an episode we might have to put that on patreon that's a lot. Of, that's a, I didn't realize that's eight films. That's a franchise show. <laughs> well, it's, tec- it's technically nine because there's actually Not, nine. Well, technically ten if we throw the Tripper in there, which we've actually reviewed before. I like yeah. Tripper. No, we just we just do the films that came actually in the box set or whatever, and then just kind of yeah. do like that. But yeah, man. I mean, maybe maybe after uh, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, all the dead films. Uh, get picked that we will throw this we'll throw eight films to die for in there as a pick why not why not there's five we forgot about the fifth one right that splash in the pan from a few years ago (laughs) that are those even available yeah they were they were released all different man like are you talking about the burn on demand ones? Yeah, like I have like the. Pan- they were all so expensive, right? What was that fucking yeah. the one with the pancake ki- or the? 
Lumberjack Man? Lumberjack Man. <laughs> yeah, that shit was ridiculous. That was like the only one that got any love. <laughs> I just remember that they were all DVD-Rs, and they're, you can't even get them anymore, I don't think. You know, man, uh, yeah. the first season, yeah. man, it actually has some really good films, man. Like, I really enjoyed Dark Ride. That's a good one, man. Grave Dancers. No, is... the first, first season I love, man. There's some great stuff in there. Yeah, Grave Dancers, super underrated. Hamilton's this... is awesome. It is, man. Penny Dreadful is pretty cool. Wicked Little Things is fantastic. The Abandon is a film that I enjoy. It's so different for not just Serta. He's the guy that, uh, you know, did um, uh, the fucking shit's totally escaping my, my mind right now. Aftermath and shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. And even the second season's pretty good. Yeah. So, there, yeah, those any, would be fun. I'm surprised it never got brought up before. Date films to die for. Yeah, we should. Yeah, uh, uh, we'll throw those up in the uh, the pool of franchise shows. Get them for cheap. Yeah, you're right, man. Fucking Mulberry Street Nightmare Man's from the second one. God, I was way over the place. I even have those things in order in my shelves too. Like <laughs> 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 I suck. I suck. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, um, that is. Uh, it, I, it was just easy for me to know because I know I have all of the first season, but I don't have the other ones. Okay. So I'm like, if you say like. Oh, like uh, Frontiers. It's like, well, I actually do have Frontiers, but it's me too. It's yeah, um, but yeah. If you like say one and I'm Mar- like for example, Marbury Shade. It's like I know I don't own that, so mm-hmm. I know it's not part of the first. <laughs> yeah, I've always said like the third After Dark was definitely the week because there's only like a couple decent ones even in the whole, the whole f- horror fest. Kind of weak. Fourth one's good though. It's got some good ones. I love you the can, idea of it though. They're cool. all they're all nineteen dollars on Amazon. Oh, Number the, five. Oh man! Wow, that's crazy. That would be a pain in the dick. Yep. Damn. I mean, maybe we'll make a thousand dollars a month on the Patreon. We could I, get them all. I have seen a couple of these because I. Well, I you wouldn't get to the fifth one for a while. I had when I was getting shit from. I think was it like Anchor Bay Canada or something? I don't know. But they sent me Lumberjack Man and reviewed that in suspension. Like, they were okay. I've seen Rekill before because that was one that was supposed to be. Uh, I think that was actually for one of the earlier After Dark Horror Fest, but just it got cut out or something like that. And it got released in this one. And uh, yeah, so 20 bucks a piece for Burn on Demands? What the fuck are they thinking? I know, crazy, right? That's unfortunate that, that they never put it out in a box set. Probably been a lot cheaper. Yeah. But yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, that's it for the dub dub dubs. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are easily frightened, we advise you not to watch this film. On the other hand, if you enjoy the violent emotions, this film is for you. Oh, yeah. Getting into the featured reviews here on episode 149 and, of course, the final week during Italian Horror Month, which is November. And it's saddening because it's kind of like, you know, when Halloween ends or October ends. I kind of get that same feel because I love Italian films. love this time of year. And, um, yeah, but with that said, week four, this was actually Patreon, wasn't it? 
Yep, this was yep. the Patreon special courtesy of who, Jeremy? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it D-Borgie, was uh, D-Borgie 417. Yes. Sure, let's go up with that. 417. Yeah. Uh, which, funny enough, we were going to have him on this show, but we ended up having him on the... Uh, the motto. The last show? It was Not the, the motto. Yeah. Uh, because I almost Diodato. didn't make the show yep. on that show, so we had a backup third host. But yeah, this was his picks. Um, Joe D'Amato. Um, three films that I was very happy that he selected, considering I own them all. <laughs> Two. <laughs> yeah, nice. All three Severn. Oh, uh, yeah, because yeah. you guys get free Severns. That's right. I forgot about There's that. some horrible cool. fucking motion blur in the first two of these movies. It's really fucking bad. Mo- I got motion both. blurriness. Really? Blur- yep. Oh, that yeah. sucks. I don't have that in. Yeah, I don't. In, in the I can't recall releases. what you're saying. Uh, I'd have to look. I don't. There's some bad interlacing going on. Hmm. Yeah. Re- yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't. Copies. Yeah, I haven't seen the Severn. Um, Absurd is fine, but was, the other two. Yeah, I was. That's odd because I I was under the impression that the transfers were the same, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah, maybe I'm just crazy. Uh, I don't know. I don't have my copy. Anyways, Um, but yeah, with that said, Joe D'Amato, you know, before he did this little run here, I mean, these films that we're going to be talking about uh, were made between 79 and 81. Very close. I mean, he's, I would say a lot of people associate Joe D'Amato with the Emmanuel films. He's directed a lot of those, a lot of kind of softcore porn i mean he directed hardcore porn films too i mean this guy directed so many different types of films it's you i mean you need a whole podcast just to talk about diamato's career i mean he has almost 200 directorial credits to his name um i have not seen i think the last diamato film i seen was in like an early 80s type thing but it's weird because these movies aren't sleazy whatsoever like yeah, barely it's, any nudity. It's almost like he took a. It's almost like he took off, you know, just kind of swayed away from the sleaze, just for a little yeah. bit of period in, in his career, and then kind of went back to it. But even in this time, he still did some some hardcore shit. But you know, he dabbled in cannibal film, every type of genre, man. Really, really insane. Uh, Diamato actually passed away. What in Jesus Christ? Ninety nine. I mean, if you look at how many films he directed from. Oh my god! Like if you go to his IMDb right now, it, it, no, it's crazy. Look at the films he directed in the nineties. Yeah, the nineties, dude. Well, like, I, oh my god, I, I, I actually Jesus. made it. Dude, he directed a hundred films in the nineties. I made like. a, I made a joke. Like he directed more films in the nineties, and I think there actually was horror films in general in the nineties. <laughs> like it's insane. He, he directed how, like ten films a year. I know it's just fucked up, dude. It's crazy. I mean, I think a lot of these are pornos and shit. I mean, if you're yeah. looking at some of the titles, Those but are, I guess easier to make. <clears throat> it is what it is, man. You know, dude, he the literally money shot directed movies until he died. He yeah. died in '99. He died in '99, and he also released one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movies came out from him in '99. <laughs> That's more than Tarkowski made in his entire career. What did he die from? Uh, overworking himself possible he probably did a lot of drugs no idea I, i'm not actually too uh, i'll find out death. stand by he died from he was pretty young though for what yeah heart attack yeah 62 man 60. i bet he was a smoker probably but yeah 62 years old joe d'amato passed away and 
yeah, he's got a very intriguing career. I mean, he did action films and ah, oh, fucking just very, very wild stuff. But look at this one I, called I Calamity. The work. He made two films in 1998, Calamity Jane and Calamity Jane Two. Cal- calamity, bro. Calamity. Get ready to head. Get ready to head off into calamity. the wild. Get ready to head off into the wild, wild west for the ride of your life. A blistering tale of the original bad girl. A hooker, bank robber, gunslinging Jezebel whose sexual exploits makes her an American legend. Sounds absolutely awful. Sounds great to me. Sounds like you shot about. them together and just made it into two films. What is he, David Sterling now? Probably, man. All right. So Joe Diamato, first up here from uh, 1979 with a film called Beyond the Darkness, also known as... I don't even know how to really pronounce this, but Bio Omega. That's the name you see on most of the posters. The Italian name for it. Uh, synopsis. Grief struck after the death of his wife. A young man attempts to keep her with him forever by gutting her, stuffing her, and replacing her eyes with glass eyes, turning her into a doll. But his bouts of sanity are just beginning. Yeah, it's kind of there. How do you love this movie so much, JP? Oh, what are you talking about? I said it was like a nine quality, unless you set my ass up or something. What are you? T- what? What? Can you? What? What are you talking about? Are you setting him up? I just think the movie's okay. I didn't set him up. Yeah, I just, of yeah, I just it's okay. Think, I don't think it's like as amazing as people have wrote about it on Letterbox and stuff like that. And why the hell did that? Why the hell didn't he kick that fat bitch out of the car? Why the fuck did he take her home? Like, what was the point of that? Why didn't he just... Dude, like, okay, let me break this movie down car? for you right now. Well, what, what do you mean? Nothing why did, makes sense. What do you mean nothing? Why, why did he pick up that fat bitch? And when she was asleep, why didn't he just kick her out of the car? Why did he have to take her home only to kill her? Like, he knew what was going to happen. He doesn't want to take home, clearly. Okay, first of all, he doesn't pick her up on purpose. She climbs I into know. the fucking vehicle. So why didn't she? Why didn't he kick her out of the car? <laughs> because he's gone insane. After his wife died, he's, like, literally lost his mind. And he, at that moment, it was basically kind of an opportunity moment where she's presented herself in his vehicle. And he's like, well, shit, I can take her home and possibly... Do but he doesn't things? seem like that kind See, of person. To me, though. the acting looks like he doesn't want her in the car and just accepts, like, okay, I guess she won't get out. Yeah. And just goes. I think that's the moment but, where he realizes that, you know, I mean, the underlining is supposed to be where, you know, he, he loses a sanity because he wants to kind of replace his wife a little bit. And he's not really too sure on on how he wants to do that. If he wants to rebuild her, if he wants to. But he only to, loses his I, I sanity this, when somebody else sees her. That's I think the only the whole time he kills somebody. losing angle in this film was either poorly written or poorly acted. This because... motherfucker set me up. This motherfucking <laughs> cocksucking Mexican. Dude, when did you cut? When did you turn into the most paranoid person on the <sighs> earth? I'm gonna break. What do you? I, I said that this movie is pr- has some pretty solid atmosphere. Man. No, you said it was a nine. You fucking. I never cocksucker. said it was a nine. What are you? I think this guy talking. I mean, about? I, I said I was gonna give him all triple sixes, and then you go, oh, I, uh, I gave it a, a nine. Triple, si- triple sixes. I thought you. I thought you were saying triple nines, dude. Get the fuck out of here! You set my ass up. Oh my god, here we go again. Jesus Christ! Everyone's setting up Jeremy's fucking paranoid. Is fucking fucking he is Norman Bates. Look at this guy. No, he did it. He did it on purpose. <laughs> Listen, but no, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, 
the I don't I thought that that scene was pretty dumb honestly like that he's just like okay I guess I'm not gonna kick you out I'm just gonna go home even though you're a witness to what I'm gonna be doing luckily you fall asleep in my well, car though <laughs> the the thing is though man I think the reason why he's acting all fucking obviously the reason why he's acting all strange and he doesn't want to. I mean, it's not like it would matter anyways if he just got all pissed off and said, get the fuck out of my vehicle. She wouldn't be like, this guy's weird. Maybe he has a dead body <clears throat> in the back of his vehicle. And, Here we uh, go. Here no, we but go. if he's like, hey, get the fuck Beyond out of my the vehicle, dark- you bitch. Beyond the Darkness is pretty good so far. And I said... Oh, stop I, re- dude, stop I, reading. Dude, stop, dude, stop. no. That's oh, totally not allowed. You cannot oh, read out messages. Dude. dude, we've she's talked about this before. You can't do that. You can't read yeah, out messages, bro, man. Stop. You're breaking fucking... Dude, don't. That's this not, is that's like not Street cool, Code One Hundred and One, man. Dude, that's not cool, man. Don't read that. Even if it's we not. We literally even... had a huge conversation about this. Jesus. Dude, we had a huge fight about this in the past. Know. Like, don't do that shit. Anyways, but I think I think the way Diamato is trying to, you know, with his main character here, man. The mm. reason why he's acting awkward and he allows her to stay in the vehicle because he has his dead wife in the back. You know, he's basically <laughs> trying to get I, home. I get that. That yeah. it's like, Oh shit. Like I'm scared. I don't want to make a move here. Cause yeah. it might draw attention. I just don't think it played the greatest in terms of like, I don't think actual... it does. I don't think it does either, but I, I think there is, I, I think it kind of sets up the opportunitous opportunity in, in his eyes though too. Cause I, I think like when he first sees her, he's not like, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> you know, it's when he gets home, that he has this opportunity and he's like, I think it's also a combination of the opportunity has presented itself and the fact that, you know, he's confused. He's completely fucking he, confused. He, he doesn't also really just know leaves her in the truck, right? Like, uh, yeah. like, Oh, I'm going to go here. I'm not going to lock the door or anything. <laughs> I mean, I you think know, I, just going to go in here and do my thing. A lot of things can be locks in. Yeah. A lot of things can be, you know, kind of, Said but in, it's in not, the fact listen, that like he's insane. I can, pick, he's, I can he's literally pick this film apart. It has so many problems. Like why oh, why does the guy right why does the guy see him jab this autopsy lady with something, not say anything then, but then show up at his house days later? You know what I mean? But I'm um, look, I actually really like this movie. I think that it has major plot problems, but I just think it's fun. It's fucking cool, dude. Dude, it's this like, movie like, reminds me of fucking Deranged or something like Ed Gain. Like I've always, like I said before, when I reviewed this film a couple times, uh, this is one of those films that makes me feel dirty while I watch it, man. There's something about the way everything kind of goes down in this. It's grittiness. The gore is absolutely disgusting in this. Doesn't film. it remind you of like Deranged or something like you know the Ed Gain movie? It does because it's yeah. Kind of, it's I a, dig. It's kind of the same, you know, that this character is very relatable to that one because they've kind of lost their fucking minds. And it, the, the thing that always bugged me, he lost his mind. I just think he was always crazy. No, he loses his mind because his wife fucking dies. He was and apparently voodoo works. Yeah. And well, that's actually one of my <laughs> biggest problems with this movie is that the beginning, we all know why she does it. You know why she kills wife because she's in love with, you know, her master or whatever. She's the fucking housekeeper slash maid or whatever the hell she is. But she's she in love with them. She has the same expression on her face, and the movie basically turns into a haunted house movie by the end. A haunted house movie? It has that feel of a haunted house. I was going to say, I was going to say there's not really good feel to it. it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? But it just I always, has that feel to it. I just, that was always my one big issue with this film is how it opens up. Is like, we've got this, you know, this house maid, get, whatever. And who's the person doing the voodoo? Isn't that her? No. Well, there's two people there, right? She, the, the 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 Iris. She does the video, right? 
well, she's not the one holding the voodoo. She's present there, but there's someone. Oh, actually, what the shit? There's, <laughs> actually, there's actually somebody holding the doll, and then they put the. Did you know, she the like go to a voodoo specialist? Like, hey, I got this. That's uh, what I was always wondering. This, I was like, this, <laughs> I'm in love with this guy, but he got this thing called a wife or something. I need her out of the way. Yeah. And then, like, after his wife dies, it's like perfect time for some titty milk. <laughs> I know, right? Like, what? What the? F- I was like, what is? I was like. Uh, and how hey. and how is she still fucking producing that shit? Some people do. Some really? people just yeah. Some people can just lactate on command. It's not very common, but a lot of I mean, you've seen this in films before. She's a fucking old ass lady. I mean, if she had a kid, you know, even ten years prior, and she just kept fucking is lactating herself, you could still produce the milk. I mean, as long as I mean, you're. She, I mean, she doesn't change her fucking expression the entire film, but she looks like an old lady. An older lady, at least. I, th- I think the casting of her was kind of good, though, she? because she's like insane looking, like mean looking. That's what I said. It feels like a a crazy person in a haunted house, kind of a yeah, like the old dark house. She just seems like one of those characters who would fit in, who lives in a middle of nowhere mansion, and mm-hmm. the way she opens the door and shit like that feels very reminiscent to those kind of movies. She's only thirty three. Yeah, she definitely does look older in the in the yeah. movie. I think that's by wardrobe and like kind of design. Well, you, probably. I mean, she's supposed to be a little bit a little bit evil. She's supposed considering to be like she's an going alien. along with these killings and and you know doing a big part. Like the scene. There's where- just a, I, I just like the shit that ha- like you know stupid shit aside. I just like the the horror that goes on in this movie. You know, yeah. like digging eyeballs out and like it. it taking the guts out and like having sex with this girl next to your wife's corpse, stealing your wife's corpse, stabbing her with some gross shit and embalming her. And then the ending, you know, the, the ending shocker is, you know, kind of morbid as well. Like, I don't know. It just like, I kind of dig like how they, like, you know, it's they this embattled, like this fairy tales from the crypty. It's, it's a gritty film, man. You know, yeah. it's got a lot of great gore, man. Like the scene, the bathtub scene is just nasty, dude. When they fucking hack up that fatty, yeah, throwing. And but like even the even the aftermath of that when she goes out back and digs that hole and pours that shit in there, like it's just fucking disgusting. It's filthy. I love that shit, man. It's really gritty, man. Um, yeah, but it, there yeah. is a lot of things in this film that are odd. Like the fat, like I, I have no idea what he's injecting his wife with at the uh, funeral home. I'm assuming it's, it's just something like to some preserve kind of embalming thing is, that's going to keep her from rotting. But I don't think it works like that. But it, but it, it's, but it, it doesn't do- make sense because she would get embalmed. Well, that, that's yeah. that's what I'm, that's where my point <laughs> is leading here. That makes little to no sense because she already would have been embalmed and she wouldn't have had the guts that he pulls out of her at his place, right? All that unless, shit would have been removed. For like, unless she was just sometimes religious reasons, they don't do that. See now, that's so what I, that was something I thought about too, and I actually have noted on here. I'm not sure what it's like in Italy. I know in certain countries, like uh, I don't know, like Singapore. I don't know. There's some of those Asian countries stuff. They'll bury their dead within 24 hours. They have to. Yeah. It's something to do with their soul. They have to get them in. They have. Yeah, to, like, I had. A, I had a, uh, but, people come to the hotel the other, like maybe two months ago, who were like freaking out because, like, because of their religion, they had to get like transfer this stuff and yeah 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 as far as i know in italy as far as i know in italy i think it's pretty normal to have a funeral like five days later whatever they embalm people i'm pretty sure that's the way it works not 100 percent, but i don't know i just thought it was kind of odd that he you know one little vial 
And that's going to preserve her? I don't think so. Speaking it doesn't, of embalming, doesn't remember, fucking that, work like remember that. that fucking, that one guy who became, the one guy who was on body bags, who became a mortician, who lives in Florida? Remember that guy? Oh, Austin, yeah. Austin. Yeah. yeah. Remember that guy? I wonder what he's doing right now. I see him on I Instagram. I see him on well. Instagram. Yeah, he yeah. Oh, yeah? Yep. Yeah. He just dipped, though. <laughs> yeah, he just, like, bounced. Like, I just saw that fucking Scott posted a video. It's like, he's so random. You know, yeah. you, know, you know, like, besides all the nasty-ass gore in this film, one part that just fucking makes me... Like, I literally... I, I have a hard time watching it. I know it's the sound effects in the part, too, but it's actually after the part I was just talking about where she dumps all those guts into that hole and kind of buries it up. She, and she doesn't do a very good job, by the way. She totally <laughs> leaves, like, everything obvious that there's something there. But anyways, that's besides the point. And she goes inside, and he's quite obviously a little bit distraught. He's just like, oh, what the fuck did we just do kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But he's accepted it and shit. <laughs> she like lays this bowl of slop in front of him. See, that's and, why I don't think he's lost his mind. And then, of course, he's kind of like, okay. And then she starts eating, but she's eating it so fucking gross. <laughs> it's like all <laughs> over her lips and the sound effects are just nasty. I'm just like, Ugh. every time I see it, it's so gross. Ugh. Fucking vile. Like, man. this is the type of movie you want Joe Bob to show. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I I think a lot of the kills in this film are <clears throat> pretty good, actually. Pretty good stuff, man. Definitely. The yeah, no, I, I I think the movie just has like a good like horror atmosphere that is just like it's nasty. It's like, but is it worth a nine? No, it's not worth a fucking nine. lying it's, cocksucker, man. Never said it was worth a nine. Oh, oh man, I'm so mad right now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Bro. You're fucking but, but why would you even be mad? What does it matter if he says that it's a nine? It, it, the, what matters? What should matter to you is what your opinion is. If you give it yeah, a five out of ten, it's don't have an opinion. It is. It is what it is, man. I mean, just yeah, shouldn't matter. But so what? It, what I mean, rate, are we in ratings now? I guess unless you, unless you guys got anything to say, not really. No, it's. I mean, it's. There's not really much to dissect here. I mean, it's just like some cool scenes, some gore and murders and stuff. It's like, I don't know. I just, I for me, I got heavy like deranged vibes from it. It does have like reason. this kind of subplot with you know him being investigated and shit like that. People are going missing and things. If it feels like Phil, I mean, you kind of have to have that in there because yeah no it makes sense to have it it, it does kind of make sense and shit but it's not really the driving force behind everything it's more about his yeah. sanity you're just you're just about to life. sit there and watch this dude do some fucked up this dude and his his titty milk uh, housekeeper do some fucked up shit for yeah, like an hour and a half yeah it's really all it is and Did you guys all, watch you it in italian or in english um probably english i, I think, think whatever the f- autoplay is on i just did italian for all these besides absurd because absurd was shot in english yeah, yeah i'm I pretty think, i nope i know i did it english actually now that i think about it it's the first when you pop in the 88 films blu-ray it just comes up like that so whatever is if i just hit play that's usually what I'm watching. I figure it's Italian Horror Month, so I should probably watch it in Italian. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you never know with Italian, though, man, because sometimes it's dubbed and it's not actually them. Yeah, I realized that right away. When well, absurd, all, the movie, I was like, all the movies are dubbed, but but yeah, I think if you watch, I think if you watch a film, it's shot in 
English. Like they were actually speaking English, but it's yeah. dubbed in both English and Italian anyways. But I think the actors are actually speaking English. So a lot of the later films like this, like, you know, later seventies <laughs> to the early eighties and shit, they were mostly shot in English. They're really trying to. Yeah. But sometimes you get dubbed Italian ones that they have different actors doing the voices. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. Well, it's most films, really. Yeah, most, most most of the actors don't dub their own voices, even in Italian. So it's kinda, that's weird. It is weird because they have voice actors. A lot of the directors would be like, "No." Yeah, but their voice actors suck. That's what they don't. Re- that's the one thing that there's definitely some missing element. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent cultural. Because, dude, they sound ridiculous whenever what? they dub their English counterparts or their Italian ones. Do you ever they notice man, absolutely insane when you're watching, I don't know if you've ever clued onto it, but like a lot of these movies have the same actors doing the voices. Like you can fucking tell it's the same people doing yeah. multiple characters, multiple. It's fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> so I think this is one of them. Actually. I think I swear <laughs> the guy's voice I've heard in like a million movies. It's pretty funny, but anyways, uh, JP, why don't you go first? Ratings. Um, yeah, so I, I actually really like this movie despite its its story flaws. Um, at the end of the day, one thing that this movie definitely succeeds on is it's well-paced. There's something happening consistently. Uh, there's some good nastiness to it and, and horror, which is what I like. And I like the atmosphere. I like the just vibe of it, the the setting of it, the what these watching what these weirdos are doing to people and bodies and stuff it's cool i like that this guy keeps his his wife around and has sex with another girl and you know has to sh- pull the blanket off of his wife so he can look at her <laughs> sex with her that shit's that shit's morbid to me and i like it's it great. so it's great i i would i was although there are flaws and i do take points off I'm a little more forgiving whenever it there's all this cool shit happening in between. So I'm coming. There's a lot of cool it. shit happening in Hands of Steel, and you didn't give it points. That, there's no cool shit happening in Hands of Steel. Oh, oh come my on. god! <laughs> fucking insane. Um, that movie is very forgettable. Hands of Steel. Come on, you're gonna remember this one. Uh, I think that this. I mean, it's kind of a hard one to rate. I'm gonna come in at seven point five out of ten. Seven point five. All right. Um, yeah, man. I've talked about this movie lots of times, man. I, I love a movie that makes me feel dirty and kind of makes me gag. And those are those are great elements, man. That's that's horror films to me. Driving Force, man. This movie has a fantastic has fantastic music, man. I love the soundtrack to this movie. It's just it's such a great companion piece with the dirtiness of the content. It comes with the sabrin. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fucking mine awesome, did. man. It's really good. What's that? I said mine didn't. Really? You didn't get the soundtrack with what? Beyond the Dark? Oh, crazy. I don't think so. I got one with mine. Oh, crazy. But yeah, dude, like... You know, it's, it's Goblin, right? It's pretty much all you need in the film, man. <laughs> you know? Good soundtrack, good atmosphere, good kills, b- bizarreness. I, I've come to realize that I am really freaked out by adults breastfeeding. That shit is beyond fucking weird to me. Well, you see it in uh, Burial Grounds too, right? Yeah, I think dude. you see it in that movie. Well, there's a titty scene in there, but like, I don't know. There's something very odd and wrong about that to me. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's unsettling and another great thing, you know, to have in the Mine film. does come with a soundtrack, by the way. I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I've, I've always been a really big fan of this film. And <laughs> the, I mean, yeah, it definitely has its flaws. There's certain things I just, I'm always questioning with the embalming and, and things like that. I'm just like, that makes little to no sense. I'm pretty fucking sure actually when, when he's, you know, pulling her guts out and he's disemboweling her, those have got to be real guts. They had to have went out and grabbed like some type of pig guts or some shit. Cause that shit looks way too real. It's actually nauseating. I was watching this film. I, I think it's on, more real looking in the next movie than this one. I, I, but I think they actually did use real guts though. And I, yeah. for some reason, when I was watching this film, I was just getting nauseated again. Like I always said, man, every time I watch, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses, that movie always makes me feel shitty. This one does too. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing for me. The stupidest fucking thing about this movie is the very last shot. I've always questioned why in the shit they did that. It's it's almost I it's, can't think of it. it. It's so stupid that it's comical to me, and it's like <laughs> it just doesn't need to be there. Obviously, it's there for shock value and whatever. It's just okay, you know. But I don't know. I, I really don't know why they did it. But I love this movie. I've stressed it enough. Yes, it has its flaws. Eight and a half. Beyond the darkness. Sticking with my old rating, I think. That is my rating. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but I have rated it on the show and I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I don't know. I could be wrong. I might be way off. I don't know. It seems like I'm keep on giving all these movies the same rating. I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. Maybe I just don't like them very much, but uh, this, this one's fine for what it is. It has pretty good atmosphere that we talked about and it has pretty nasty effects at some point, but the story was just fine for me. I, wasn't totally infested and interested in it like you guys were so i give it a 606666 you know i actually this is um this is one that i would definitely return to like i like the i like that movie it was pretty cool yeah yep. dude it's great well, considering you said it was worth a 9 I don't know where you're coming up with these nines at, bro. I think you're looking at your sixes upside down, dude. Yeah. Did you have your phone upside down and think that I said nine whenever you just said six? Sure. Yeah, I was I was pretty bang. I, I figured Jeremy was going to come in about that. And, uh, Jeff, well, you're a little bit I high, know he you're was, higher than I, I thought. I can see all his – because he tells me got sixes. <laughs> I'm higher than you thought? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's probably the – I, it's kind of like uh, what was the one we reviewed last year that I really like, Burial Grounds, because mm-hmm. that movie doesn't make the most sense, but it's re- really entertaining. Oh, it just has it just has some of the coolest looking zombies, and the kills in that movie are phenomenal. Yeah, it's just a blast, man. Fucking anybody actually, all three grounds. of these movies remind me of that movie a little bit, just like the vibes. Yeah, and stuff. That, yeah, it's very similar, very similar. Yeah. Flash of steel, an unearthly shriek, an icy breath, a knock at the door, omens of evil, warnings of death, an invitation to terror from the Grim Reaper. Um, but yeah, moving along, man, uh, to the next year, into the 80s, 1980, um, with Anthropopagus also known as a million other titles 
<laughs> and also one of the most famous video nasties. Uh, this is one of the films that's kind of responsible for the video nasty in the craze in the UK, along with Cannibal Holocaust. Oddly enough, we're reviewing these films in almost consecutive weeks. Uh, but yeah, I've actually, I've actually seen this film before. But I'll tell you this before we get into the review. I this is what, when when I discovered the video nasties. I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch them all, and this was the first one I came to. Mm-hmm. And I watched it on like terrible like VHS quality, and I didn't even I don't even know if I finished the movie. This was back in like 2010. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this. These movies suck. These <laughs> uh, video nasties. Because it was this one and Absurd... Are both Absurd and this one a video nasty? Yes. Yes. Okay. It was both of them because they started with A's. And I tried both of them. And yeah, I was like, it would have been Absurd and then Anthropophagus. <laughs> yeah, absurd, so, absurd feels more of a nasty to me than this one. So, to be I, well, I remember it, watching the beginnings to both of these and being like, no, I'm not going to do this. And I can tell you one thing. Transfers make you at least invested right away more than shitty transfers because man 2010 you were still you were still a fucking uh pq elitist back then too eh? no it's just that i'm (laughs) telling you like uh, something about the transfers makes these movies seem better (laughs) i mean than they actually are i swear to god (laughs) you know it is true though man if you're watching you know cannibal holocaust on like a six generate six generation uh, dubbed VHS tape. I mean, you know, versus the Grindhouse Blu-ray. I mean, your experience is going to be different. You know, if you go to those extremes, right? For sure. So I, I, I can see that, man. I can see how it really elevates the experience that you're having, for sure. Well, if you liked Bloodhook more than you normally would because well, of, of the transfer. Of course, man. And I mean... That was fucking... I think that, a lot of the these transfer. older movies, too, on the older transfers, are so dark and hard to see and shit. I mean... Yeah. And you find yourself just being like, fuck, I just wish I could see it better, you know, kind of thing. So, but yeah, I mean, this yeah, funeral uh, home, God I, damn it. I'm not sh- Yeah, that one definitely needs, that's a William Freud film that's been neglected to shit. But anyways, yeah, Anthropophagus, man. So you guys had the seven. I watched the 88 Blu-ray, the remastered one. Um, of course, this is starring George Eastman, who we talked about last week in Hands of Steel. Uh, I said that we're going to be talking about this week a couple times. He's actually starting in the next film, which is like a pseudo kind yeah. of offbeat sequel to Anthropophagus. But and oddly enough, this one is starring uh, Tissa Farrow, who is Mia Farrow's uh, younger sister, I believe. It's <laughs> just like so random. But um, she was actually in a bunch of Italian films. She was, of course, in Zombie um, th- in The Last Hunter, which I believe is a Martino film. And yeah, it's pretty actually interesting that she was in this film. I believe this might have been her last role. And it's kind of ironic a little bit too because in this film her kind of sub storyline is that she's going to this island to like help out with this blind girl and stuff but in real life she actually quit acting and then went into nursing so she was actually uh-huh. yeah, kind of doing what she was in real. Anyways, I digress. Synopsis. A group of tourists become stranded on an uninhibited island where they're where they are stalked by an insane, violent, and grotesque killer that slaughtered the town's former residents. I'm convinced this movie's shot on the same island of that was used in Who Can Kill a Child. They look exactly the fucking same. I would bet my money it's the same fucking island. Mm. Um, I'm not... I, I don't remember where they shot Who Can Kill a Child, but I know this... I'm pretty... like. 
This was shot in Greece. It looks the same. It was shot in yeah, Greece. This is shot. I, I think they shot in like South America or something for Who Could Kill a Child, didn't they? I'm not sure. I'm Spanish. I'm not sure where they did. But it does. Like, all the buildings know, look the same and everything it, like that. It does look similar for sure. But it's I'm pretty similar sure this types was, of arch- architecture. Yeah. yeah. Definitely in Greece. Some, you know, island in Greece. But. Um, um, but yeah, you know, this movie right here, the reason why it's on the video Nazi list, why it was so controversial, so famous, is basically for one scene. The ending. You know, th- this movie is not overly insane with kills. Yeah. And actually, you know, I've yeah, always seen... All, all of Who Could Kill a Child was filmed in Spain. Yeah, okay. okay. So, yeah, this movie, you know, I mean, it does definitely have pacing issues. It's pretty slow. Yeah. But I will give you one thing, man. It's very, very atmospheric. It's shot really well. See, that's what I was gonna say. Is it's it's it has some good nighttime rain scenes. Yeah. And, and I I like the vibe of them being alone on the island. Why they're there, I didn't really understand. They were I know going. That, they were bringing Tina Farrow to the island. Yeah. To but just, why? Because to, she. But she, didn't they just meet her? Don't they just run into her and like... Because he broke her camera so they felt bad and she needed a (laughs) ride to go to this island because she had no other way to get there because the ferry, I guess, doesn't go to that section. I was about to say, I was like, these people just randomly put all their plans like, oh, we're going here and then... I mean, that's kind of a... No, they end up there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. There's an explanation for it. And then, of course, she was there to, you know, take care of the the blind girl. Blind girl, yeah. But of course, do you know. what you get for being nice. Yep, yep. pretty much. <laughs> I like all these characters though, and I didn't really lose interest too much throughout the entire movie because you spend all the time with all this time with them that, and they don't really get picked off that fast. So you spend a lot of time with them. So I actually I think the characters are pretty weak. Yeah, yeah. That was that was kind of my only complaint with this one is just like the characters are just lame, like nobodies. They don't feel like they have much personality or anything to separate or differentiate themselves from each other. Um, but I like I like most of the movie. I think that it's, you know, actually, you know what? I think that, like, this is my kind of Italian horror. Um, not so much like the giallos and stuff. Like, I like this stuff. The stuff that's just... Yeah, like, I'm the total opposite. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like the ones that are just, like, more horror movies. Like, a bunch of fucking people on an island with a fucking weirdo after them. <laughs> See, I don't like, like, the gross pick-off kind of movies. I like the giallos. Well, have I'm, a little bit more I, substance. I'm right on the I'm right on both sides of that, because I love giallos, and I love these movies, too. Yeah. I mean, I like <laughs> just, them both, but I just yeah. like these more. Like, I, I, I like a good giallo. I get that. I get that. This is just more, like, comfort food to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I've always stated in the past, this is definitely a mood film for even for myself, and and I'm a big fan of slow burn films, you know, atmospheric slow burn films. This one just, I feel like you have to watch it when you're in the mood for something like this. You know, does that make sense? Otherwise, I I think it could kind of, you know, I mean, I've never seen it, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, until now, I've seen it a lot of times, and I, I have to say, this time around watching, I was really excited to watch it, so I was in the mood. And it just kind of hit me on all good levels. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of took it for what it was. And, like, I just – I realized, like, how much I love the way <clears throat> – um, you know, kind of the setup. You know, Eastman's character as the Beast, you know, he's 
he they don't introduce him very early in the film. You kind of got to wait it out. I really enjoy that actually. You don't learn anything a fuck about him. Well, you. I mean, you learn a little with like the pictures, but well, that's too much. Yeah, they explain it like why he becomes the way he is because they thought he had died in that shipwreck or whatever his family and shit, but they actually technically survived. And what they don't know is that, you know, they're in the middle of the ocean. There's nothing to eat. And he decided that, hey, wife and kid looking pretty fucking tasty right now. So it gives him (laughs) magical powers or something? No, well, that part doesn't make sense. But, you know, (laughs) they explain how he becomes a cannibal. The whole underwater, like the the beginning scene has always confused me a little bit, you know, with the German tourists. And, Uh you know, like the dudes on the shore, the the girl goes for a a swim and shit. (laughs) This is like... I don't know. Just the way the whole shit goes down, whatever. But whatever. Explain it away. I don't know. It seems like he does have I, a little I, bit of super. He's kind of inhuman a little bit. That's kind of what they're alluding to. I don't know. Well, we don't. What, have you ever eaten human flesh? How do you not, know it doesn't give you some Not that I know of. Get the fuck. Not that your face is fucking peeling off and shit like that. Get the hell out of here, man. I know. It almost so, seems like he was kind of rotting in the water. It almost seems like he's a, a sea beast. It's weird. Doesn't yeah, make any I don't fucking sense. Well, what I mean, he's just a gross ass dude, man. <laughs> he wasn't gross before, though. Neanderthal. I mean, I guess when you, I guess if you live like that, you know, become a cannibal and kill everybody, like you become mute. Also, maybe he caught some. Because uh, that's what do you call it leprosy. Oh, here we go. JP's trying to explain the fucking no sense fucking narrative. Brain. brain I honestly, brain I didn't even realize that he was normal looking. Like. I must have missed that. I yeah, just they show it. a picture of him and his family in a frame. Yeah, and they totally go into the flashback of you know how he became what he was and things and looked pretty normal to me. Yeah, he was he was a normal human. But I, I was thinking of like you become a cannibal, you're kind of rotting and shit, and then <laughs> you just become mute too. I guess. Maybe he's dead. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. I mean, they show how, they show how, him surviving, so I don't. I, so does I that how it connects that. to fucking absurd that he's some kind of creature that could reheal himself? There you go. I think <laughs> the only, I think the only connection is just the kind of inhumanness of Eastman's yeah. character. I think that's really the only. I mean, well, shit. I'm gonna have to take a half point off for this. I didn't even realize that there wasn't a reason why it was like that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. All right, but um, I love how this that. The Henrietta girl, or Henriette, the the blind girl, is like, there's a madman who smells of blood prowling this island. (laughs) (laughs) Like, smells of blood. Maybe it's just a dub. This guy smells of blood prowling the island, picking off anybody who comes there because he's hungry. I like it. Yep. I I love her introduction, too. Cause you that, know that, she looked that's like a good jump scare. Carrie, bro. Yeah, dude, that's a good jump scare. She literally looked like Carrie, straight up. Yeah, dude, I have that actually written down. It's like the Did Carrie she... part of the scene, man, <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> it's like it's pretty awesome. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man. I you know honestly, the effects in the film are pretty decent, though. You know, with the but kills. There's not many though. There actually isn't, and that's the one thing that's always kind of shocked me about this film. I mean, this is totally got mm-hmm. banned because of one scene, and it does make perfect sense. Why? <laughs> because, I mean, it's a little taboo. I mean, it's a little. It doesn't make it doesn't make physical sense, but it's nasty still. I mean, physically, you probably could do that. I mean, I don't know. But he pulls it out of a pussy, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you reach far enough up there, you grab it and fucking. I I don't know. I'm not a. Dog I don't guy. think so. I don't know. I think you could. I think. Ta- I mean, it comes out of there. 
right? Why yep. couldn't you pull it out yourself? I, I don't know. Uh, but apparently the uh, the fetus that they used in the film was actually a skinned rabbit. It's real. Ew. Oh. So when Eastman actually put his teeth onto that, he was actually biting into real skin rabbit flesh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, that's some yeah. fucked up shit. But yeah, I mean, that's why it looks so damn real, because it's real. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I was, in, I was in the right state of mind watching this film, man. I just, everything was kind of hitting on all levels for me. I think the third act's pretty good. You know, it's really atmospheric. Yeah, the, the second fantastic. act is the worst, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, you know what? I, I was actually in a great mood watching this, too. It was like late at night one night when I got off work and I had to watch these fucking films because I was watching Rocky all week. And uh, <laughs> and, you're, and you're watching Rocky because why? And your answer because was, I was because I it's was, cool. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Spinell's in it. Um, but yes. no, I was at work and normally like on like slow nights i'll go ahead and throw on the movies that i need to watch for the week but i was training two people and i was like i don't know if i could watch like anthropopagus and like beyond the darkness like this might be like they're not even that sleazy bro but i don't know that it, i you told know, you that dude you told me that after the fact dude you're dumb stop being you're so dumb. dumb you you know you told me that after the fact no i told you that on like thursday Plus, if you're training exactly. people at work, do you really no, want to? Like, that's your first introduction to them. It's is, still is not it... a dude. It doesn't matter if they're sleazy. Like, these are not appropriate movies for work. Like, no, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, there, there's nudity in all of them. I think in some form or another, right? No. Yeah, there's nudity in yeah. So you, you get to I see Fatty's Bush in uh, Beyond the Darkness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, when they're you know lopping off her head. They're not like overly sleazy like porn movies or like yeah. the stuff last week. But no, it's not like some of his other movies. Their but, full penetration. but they're still they're still not what I should be watching when training. So instead, I was like, I found out that YouTube put the Rocky movies on YouTube for free. Like they're doing this new thing with ads, which I think they've always done, but they're making a big deal out of it now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I watched Rocky one, two, and three instead. <laughs> but I anyway. But the point of my story is, I got home one night. And uh, I think I played a little Xbox, and then it was like, you know, time to chill out. And I threw on uh, Anthropopagus first, I think. And uh, I was just, I, I enjoyed the vibes, man. I was feeling it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a decent watch, man. I agree, you know, like, I think the film, you know, first act's all right. The, the second act definitely probably is the weakest part, but it, it ends really good. And that's what it needs to be. But Giamato, man, I mean, if you look at his films, dude, like he had definitely, you know, his film specs are are pretty, they're up there, man. Like he, he could shoot a film. You know, he knew what mm-hmm. he was doing, man. He, he could create that tension, that atmosphere. And that's really all you're looking for in these type of films. I mean, we're not trying to dissect and, you know, figure out any hidden I mean, shit in Anthropopagus, honestly, man. This most, is a visual most film. Most Italian films... In general, I think it's well known. I mean, any documentary on like Jollos or anything, you find out like their writing is not what they focus on. No, it's at all. (laughs) See, I (laughs) think that's why I've always been so drawn to Italian films because you know I I can still love a movie even with all of its because you have a narrative. Yeah, with all of its narrative, you know, (laughs) fucking flaws and shit. I love visual. I love visual atmospheric films and, you know, films that sound good. You know, those are the technical yeah. aspects of the I, film that I, I, I focus on a lot because I can just forgive 
like when I'm like like I always say when I'm watching indie films, you know, you know, Jeremy always alludes to the fact that the acting was shitty, and I'm just like, it's kind of redundant in itself because we know that when you're watching any film, the acting is probably not going to be the greatest. Because let's face it, they're not professionals; they're fucking indie filmmakers, man. I, you know what? Acting bothers me the least out of like any of the yeah. criteria of film making. Yeah. Like I just don't notice acting being bad that often. It's like. Yeah, but that's why we do what we do because we all have different things that annoy us. See, to to judge the acting in a lot of these dub movies is really hard because a lot of the time you it's can't. you know it's the, I didn't I didn't I didn't fit. fucking judge anybody's acting. No, no, the no, 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 no. I'm not ta- I judge. Is I'm not talking somebody about you. in the next movie. I'm, that's, I'm just absolutely awful. I'm just generalizing. I'm just generalizing because you know for all these mm-hmm. dub films, like I mean, let's face it, when you're watching a film that's not dubbed, you can really tell their performance on the way they're expressing their lines and, and the way they're delivering their dialogue and shit. When it's fucking dubbed, you can't. <laughs> so now you're basically just rating these the voice actors. Like the yeah, voice that's actors all suck. you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, the visuals it doesn't match up, right? So that's why I've never mm-hmm. been able to bring myself to be like, man, the acting was fucking terrible. In yeah, you don't even take acting into consideration. I the never only thing do you take in these into films. consideration is like how bad or good the dubbing the yeah. dub voices are <laughs> exactly and, and you know and a lot of times it's just it's comical to me in a good way you know i'm not yeah like, Damn, here's dude. a prime example right i watched dead snow with my cousin one time it was on netflix and it was dubbed and the movie i've seemed, never seen the dub version that's funny yeah that's the movie seemed dubbed, like a complete joke like not serious at all like we know Dead Snow is a little comedic and stuff, but it seemed like a spoof or something. <laughs> and then I watched it when I got it on DVD, and I was like, this is a completely different movie. When I watched it in like the actual Norwegian language, I was like, this is completely different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, it's like you don't know what you're getting with dubbed. It sounded like a goddamn spoof or something. It was weird. Where's the whole Dead movie Snow 3, goddammit? Um, but, yeah, uh, you know... Anthropophagus, a weird title. Or if I say it, Anthropophagus, if you listen to the live stream on Thursday. <laughs> what did you say, Anthropophagus? <laughs> I said it's something retarded. <laughs> yeah, I actually do remember that. Uh, that's pretty funny. It's not even close. I know, thanks. But Or you could just call it, you know, a.k.a. the Grim Reaper. I know that's one of the titles. Um, the Island Savage Beast. I don't know. There's so many. This movie has... Like you know, Italian... I think the next one's like Zombie Six is a oh, title. You know, Italian films <laughs> I, for the most part always have two or three titles, but this movie alone has like thirty. It's ridiculous, man. Ugh. But all right, moods. What you got for a rating? Anthropopagus, man. You know, like I said before, this has always been kind of a a mood film for me, but it was hitting on all levels, man. I really enjoyed the shit out of this. Kind of took it for what it was, and uh, I. I love there's there's something about Eastman's look as the beast in this. I just I love the way he looks. It's fantastic. It's great casting because he's a big fucking dude. I mean, you had to you know put him in this role kind of thing. But Diamato man, he he knows what he's doing. You know, with film and films, atmospheric. Um, you know, and that's the selling shit for me, man. It's a great movie. I, I honestly, I really do like Anthropophagus. I don't think I think it kind of gets unfairly hated a lot. Maybe because people are. Just too PC these days to watch somebody eat a fucking fetus. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. It, but all in all, man, if you like slow burn films, atmospheric with some gore and shit, cool creature, killer beast. I don't know what the fuck you want to call him, man. It's good. It's fun. Eight out of ten. I like it. 
Yeah. Another six Aruni from me. Six Aruni. All right. Um, I I like this movie. Um, I don't like it as much as Beyond the Darkness. Um, but I thought it was pretty solid. Seven out of ten. I guess I was kind of thinking that's where you're going to be on this one. Actually, I think you liked it a little bit more than I was thinking, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. Because I, I actually do remember you telling this story, or at least telling me, about the video nasty thing. And you yeah. not and not being able to get... Yeah, I think I've heard that before. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. The next one is... Absurd, aka a horrible, aka Anthropophagus Two, aka the Grim Reaper Two. You can you can't have one without the other. All right, getting into one of the greatest years horror history, 1981. Joe Diamato's Absurd, also known as Horrible, in Region One, that was released. Actually, my communications actually released that movie under that title, Horrible, but it's mostly known as Absurd. Yeah, also starring George Eastman. As the mute, diabolical, inhuman killer. I don't know. He seems like he's a little bit inhuman. Because in this film, apparently his blood can coagulate super fast. So, like, when he gets hurt, he just kind of fucking heals and shit. (laughs) The Halloween ripoff. Halloween? I mean, in a sense, there's so many similarities to Halloween in this film. There is. There really is. But we'll get... Man, Dr. Loomis... In this case, it's a priest. Well, there's, yeah, there's a dog, but there's a priest chasing him down and who's been chasing him through multiple areas and countries, whatever. All right. So a priest comes to a small town to help get rid of a monster whose blood coagulates very fast. There you go. Uh, This creates problems as the monster is very hard to kill and then decides to go on a killing spree of his own. So. Halloween. I don't really decide to go on a killing spree. He was always killing anyways. So it really doesn't make a lot of sense in the synopsis, but. Um, that's Not those ramps and stealers. That's pretty much what we have here, man. We have George Eastman's character who is being operated on, and kind of wakes up, goes on a killing spree. <laughs> it's like yep. the entire movie. <laughs> it really is, man. Goes to this house with the, probably the worst child actor in the history of children actors, and he kills everybody. Yeah. Um. That kid sucks. This He's mo- horrible. Well, it's it's the dub though, man. It, you can tell the dub on that little boy is probably a twelve or thirteen year old girl's voice. <laughs> so it's very it, it's very it's just, okay, it's hilarious let, to me. It's hilarious. Let me ask you this: Why was the du- why was the church experimenting on fucking healing agents? Why does the church do anything? I don't know. I mean, they're trying... Isn't that kind of, like, doesn't that seem kind of blasphemous or something? It seems a little bit contradictory considering (laughs) they're supposed to just believe in God. Yeah. Right? And God is... not science? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, it is very contradictory, and you have a very good point, because let's face it, you know, if you're a believer of God and stuff, you believe in... You you believe in God created the universe. You don't believe in the Big Bang Theory, which is science. So why would you be testing on people? It's a very, very good point. It makes no fucking sense. I mean, it are not- doesn't make any sense at all. I was, <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah, I know. I know. It makes no sense. Of course, that's where the priest comes in. He's trying to hunt down this guy because he is. He's not good. He's responsible for I what's happening. I dug the disembowelment, though. 
tell you that. Dude, there's some good kills in this movie, man. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. That's what this movie's known for. That's how it got the on. Meat the meat saw is fucking brutal. Oh, it's fucking ban- Harley. The bandsaw kill is one of the best. Like, that honestly, alone could get it, be, make it become a nasty. It's I, fucking brutal. Honestly, I was going to bring this up, but I think that this film and the other one are like a really good double feature. Yeah. Like, they just feel very similar to me. I did that, man. I watched all three of these movies in a row. I was very well, pleasantly happy with watching Anthropopkis. Actually, I think that's the first time I've ever watched these movies back to back. And it was like, it was it was awesome. I was having a blast. But yeah, it's definitely found its way onto the video nasty list for the kills. The kills are brutal in this movie, man. I was so surprised to see so much screen time of the Steelers. In and this the Rams. Movie. And the Rams. And, and this horrible weird ass, This weird-ass Italian film. Dude, yeah, but what about what the, the announcer? Like, I'm glad big, you brought this big, up because Big Bob is running down the field and he keeps on trucking along, and here comes the defenseman, Big Boy, blah blah, and he's about to tackle him along the way, and he's. Like, I don't even think field. those were football players. <laughs> they weren't. No. They, were, they they couldn't use real names, right? So they had to make up names. But, I don't know how they use the damn Steelers then. Yeah. <laughs> but you know the fucked up thing is though, man. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up because it's something that's always cracked me up about this movie. So this is an Italian film that is obviously using all these Italian actors, all these Italian cliches are in the movie. Like it's so Italian, right? But it takes place in America, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's almost confusing. Super Bowl. Yeah. It's almost confusing because well, like, yeah, you feel like you're watching this movie. Like it's taking place in Italy because it's so Italian, but it's in they America. Never, <laughs> and they're and like, they never say about- the Super Bowl. They say the championship because they probably doesn't have the trademarks to say the Super Bowl. But they have weird dialogue like, hey, are you into American football? <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's such a weird vibe, man. It's so strange. <laughs> but yeah, man, they do show a lot of um, clips, of, I'm assuming, just from that game. Yeah. Steelers and Rams. Pretty funny. Yeah. I thought I thought I thought it was interesting too because in nineteen eighty, which you know, was Rams, which was the Super Bowl, by the way. Yeah, the Rams uh, were in Los Angeles at the time. They've come full circle. They're back in Los Angeles. Yeah, so. it was played um, January twentieth, nineteen eighty. There you go. Uh, Steelers won thirty-one to nineteen uh, to get their fourth ring, I think, fourth Super Bowl ring at the time. Yeah, I think fourth Super Bowl ring. You would know more than anybody else. Yeah. Yep. I've never actually seen that game. You've seen parts of it, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. About big butt. Here comes Big Jim running down the field, and here comes the defenseman. Fucking. What kind of announcement is that? Can you imagine Joe Buck doing fucking commentary like that these days? Jesus Christ. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. The kills are good, though. The fucking oven scene is brutal. Her fucking face is melting off. It's awesome. Yeah, that, that scene's brutal. And, I forgot and it about linger, that. And it lingers, too. You know, it's not like one See, and done. That's See, how, that's how I know I'm watching too many movies right now, because, like, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah the, oven's, the oven ago. scene is brutal, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's so brutal. The, the scissors in the neck and shit. <laughs> Some fucking brutal kills, man. It's awesome. Uh I still think one of the biggest flaws they should they should have killed the kid, man. Yeah, that would have been I mean, real shocking. He sucked anyway. <laughs> yeah, but like, come on, man. Like, man. Okay, his sister, who's I always call an invalid. Now but she can magically walk. She's actually not. She's had like I think she's had some type of back surgery type deal to fix her vertebrae or some shit. 
anyways, her recovery is is all about her laying flat and laying down and stuff. She's not supposed to move. But man, when she has to move though, she's moving. You know, it wasn't very convincing that she had a fucking. And it's back. like she couldn't get those fucking straps off. It's like, bitch, please, it's not that fucking hard to get those straps off. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. But when she jumps out of that thing, I'm like, man, you're moving way too good. <laughs> I don't know. I just find it funny. It's not even nitpicking. I just find it fucking hilarious. But yeah. Yeah. So absurd. Jeremy's nuts all fucking up over there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh shit. I mean, to be- <laughs> it's all fucking robotic as shit, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can see why you know the censors weren't digging this one and wanted to ban it. I mean, in its uncut form, it's it's got decent it's, it's got decent kills, man. And you know, you know, when I was watching this movie, I was kind of hoping that they were they would put some type of just a little bit more of a connection between Anthropopics, considering it was supposed to be kind of a sequel. I mean, I guess it kind of is. I mean, he's the same character; he's just not rotting. You know, he's a mute killer. Yeah, maybe he's the same killer. Maybe with times and files. Now he's. I don't know. It doesn't make sense, but. Yeah. Don't know. Who knows? But yeah, absurd. I mean, it's a Halloween ripoff. What more do you want? It, in a sense, man, it really is. It yeah. really is, man. I mean, it's got the same. It's got similarities. Too close to Halloween to not say it's not. But I mean, this is one of like a hundred and fifty fucking movies that were imitating Halloween at the yeah. time. So. Whatever, you can't blame them for doing it, man. It was an Italian film. This is what Italians did at the time, man. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of straight-up original content in horror. You know, they were they were imitating a lot of film, a lot of American films, but... I can accept it, though, man. They're entertaining, so... Yeah. Jeremy, right. what, do you, what do you give absurd? Another six. Triple six. So you mean to tell me that you like these movies pretty all much the same. all the same? Okay. Yep. Same with last week too. Start gave them all six. I gave one six point five, but I gave them all sixes again last week too. Hater. He's the Jewish. I'm not devil, a hater. Man. He's the Jewish devil, man. He's I just six, don't. Six. Maybe I just don't care for Italian films that much. But you do though. You like. You just don't like. I like Giallo's. Yeah. I mean, it's mm. fair. It's fair. I mean, to be honest, you just know, like your horror films to be slightly outside of horror. <laughs> fucking hate you. I mean, I have heard, um, you know, a lot of people say that they they don't like giallos, but they, you know, they dig other Italian films. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense. You know what? I just fucking realized. I just remembered this right now. Um, Beyond the Darkness. Mm-hmm. Is actually a remake of a film called The Third Eye. Really? From 19- I didn't know that. From 1966, it was starring Franco Nero. I forgot to mention that. And Interesting. I wanted to mention that because I've never seen that movie. I don't know if it has like a legit release. It, it might. I, I don't know. I remember trying to look it up a couple years back, and I don't remember what my findings were. Maybe I found some type of Region Four. I don't know, but. I just did a quick search. I couldn't find anything. But yeah, it, Beyond the Darkness is actually a remake, which I did not know until a couple years ago. 
just happened to come across mm. a little tidbit of info. But the compelling thing was it was starring Franco Nero, and I was like, fuck, I need to see that movie. It's got Franco Nero in it. That's amazing. So, yeah, a little tidbit there. Cool. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, gentlemen. I am getting extremely tired. I feel like I was about to pass out there for a second. But, um, yeah, this was a fun attack. That's atta- what my Wait, voice does. Did you rate? Did I rate? Dude, I think I just blanked out for a second. I think I died for a second. <laughs> did we rate? Yeah. I know Jer- Jeremy rated. Jeremy did. Did you? No, no. It's, your, it's your turn. Oh, okay. Um, I like this one about as much as the Anthropophagus. A um, little less than Beyond Darkness. Um, but arguably this one's a little bit more fun. But I just like the atmosphere so much more in the the yeah. Anthropophagus. Yeah. But I think they're I think they're pretty pretty equal in terms of like how much I enjoyed them. So I'm gonna just come in at a seven on this one too. Yeah, I think this. I think Absurd is a movie with great moments. It's got really good kills. You know, Eastman's awesome as the killer and shit. But I think the downtime in this movie is a little bit tedious. I mean, there's a lot of shit with football, and you're just like, it, it's so comical. <laughs> no, I I love seeing the Steelers win the Super Bowl. Well, of course, but <laughs> I, I I yeah, I figured you bring that up. But there is. I was like, holy shit, this is like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> there, it just feels like there's filler for the sake of being filled for time in this movie. But to me, it's a it's a film of really great moments and kills and. I mean, what else can you ask for? It's a Halloween ripoff. Like Jeremy said, it totally is 100% a Halloween yeah. ripoff. And what do we watch slasher films for? For the fucking kills. And that's what's really great about this movie. It's got awesome, brutal kills. Yeah, the blood might look a little bit too red, but who cares? We're using bandsaws and shit, man. Yeah. You can't go wrong with that. It's fucking brutal. Uh, I'm in a seven and a half on this one. All right. So that's Italian Horror Month. For the year, other ones done. pretty cool. Someone, I, someone most definitely is going to comment to me like, "Man, you guys sounded tired on this show." <laughs> dude, no, I don't know what happened. I just it feels like I fucking took a sleeping pill or something. Like I just started like yawning like crazy. My eyes are getting all heavy. Um, I normally don't get like that. It's not even that that late. Well, to be but, honest, recently we've been usually done an hour and a half ago. Yeah. Oh, really? We started a little bit later tonight because I had late hockey yeah, and shit. So yeah. shit was I, – I really did my best to, to get going tonight, but I just – On your fault moods? It was late hockey picture. Oh, my God. Fucking in – yeah, just a whole pile of shit. Anyways, we started a lot later than we usually do, so that's probably contributing to it. And I'm, oh, to be but honest, when JP's I was tired. tired, it's okay, but whenever I'm tired, everybody fucking bitches at that's me. That's because I'm not an asshole about it. I'm just tired. <laughs> I don't there, whine. There you go. Yeah, man. You know, I don't if you, if you be when nice I'm tired, about I'm just it, literally tired. <laughs> if you be nice when you're tired, you know. Like, but yeah, yeah, no. So I mean, but, it's probably contributing, but yeah. Italian Horror Month, uh, pretty good year. Uh, again, I enjoyed the Argento, um, the Diodato. I liked minus Cut and Run. wasn't wasn't super into that one. And then uh, the filmmaker Jeremy picked was actually a li- nice little surprise. I enjoyed his films, Fernando nice. DeLeo. Um, as well as Derek's Joe D'Amato. So I pretty much en- I enjoyed everything minus Cut and Run. That's the only film that I didn't really care for. You know, you know what? You know I put down. that in there just to piss you off too, right? Because you know I could I could have went with 
in a house on the edge of the park, the but it would have been perfect. This would have been the greatest hot dog in order month ever. Yeah, I fucked it all up, didn't I? It was an interesting choice just because it was different and from a different year and stuff like that. I, it was interesting. It just didn't hit with me too well. Yeah, to be honest, I picked it because I knew it was something you hadn't seen and you'd seen yeah. in House in the Park, and I thought that was kind of the obvious choice. I mean, even though Cannibal Holocaust would probably most people would say that would be an obvious choice too but yeah but we just needed to do that yeah you have to do for fucking years so what do we have here man um episode 150 four no the italian how many did we produce any hall of famers this month besides cannibal holocaust no that's the only one yeah okay so just one i don't think we had did we have any last year nope um bray is that part of oh, the yeah. Tenebrae? Yep. Okay. The Tenebrae didn't get in on the episode. That's right. That's right. Yes. Got in for 82, I think. Our Italian hormones aren't producing a whole lot of. I think in the earlier ones. I know. They that's did. why we probably need to return to Bava and maybe some other filmmakers. I mean, we covered. If you think about. Like, if you think about how many films we covered from Italian horror films, what? That's 16 episodes times three. What's that? Nine. I don't know. Forty-eight. Forty-eight, I believe. See, it's a lot of movies to talk yeah. about. Yeah, it's a lot of reviews. But um, yeah, next year, you know, fresh new sets of directors. We'll see what's up. Fresh new films to talk about. Well, we'll have three yeah. fresh new directors. <laughs> Not necessarily. We could return to Baba yeah. or. I still think that there Balchi. is some, there is some directors that I would like to. I mean. If we have a Patreon, I mean, maybe somebody will pick uh, Bruno Matai. You know, there's Cozy. There's there's lots. There's Alvin. Who's the there's... dude that did Devilfish? That was Lamberto Bava. Was it? Lights yeah. are really flickering now. Who who was the, who's another guy I was thinking of recently? Can't remember. Which we did um, Bava. And actually, you know, come to think, uh, one of his films made the Hall of Fame. Demons. Demons. Mm-hmm. But that was because of Derek. <laughs> who who did Cannibal Apocalypse? That's that's I want to do that. Oh, Cannibal uh, Apocalypse. Um, is it Margaretti who did that? Uh, you know, that's another one we haven't done. Man, is Antonio Margaretti? Yep, Margaretti. Okay, yeah. because I, I watched Cannibal Apocalypse last year and I really liked that movie. Yeah, Antonio Margaretti. Damn, dude, that's that's a name that I wow. How am I forget about Margaretti, man? He's done some really good Has films. Has he done enough horror films? I don't he did Castle know. of Blood in 1964. Oh, yeah. He's done lots, Can- tons of horror films. Okay. Yeah, yeah maybe. I wouldn't say a ton. Well, he's, he's done enough to do a show. Oh, he did Killer Fish. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> he did yeah. Seven Dead in the Cat's Eye. I don't know if that has a release. It's on Prime, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done a ton of movies, huh? Oh yeah, last hundred, last hundred was Margaretti. That's right. I think I said that. Was that might Martino. not be a bad one for Jeremy to pick since he's like random. No, I'm gonna pick somebody randomer than that. Yeah, actually, randomer than that. That yeah. dude's pretty random. Yeah, he didn't. Not do as it. random as like DeLeo or Bianchi. Wow, he even had credits for Flesh for Frankenstein. Huh. <laughs> for quota purposes, that's funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that. That's a pretty, pretty, pretty. Uh, cool month thing that we've created and uh i like doing it it's sad when it ends but also i'm i'm 
I'm kind of relieved too, just because it's like I want to I want to start. Usually around this time, it's you know time to get into the end of the year stuff. So it's like I'm kind of excited to really get going on that, um, which we have even less time to prep this time than we normally do because uh, we're recording, I think, two weeks earlier than we normally do, actually. Yeah, and we're for the end of the year show, and we're actually recording more shows in December than we usually do. Yeah, so it's yeah. Kinda... So we're recording episode one fifty coming out next week. Uh, that will be our fifty greatest or to us favorite horror films <laughs> personal uh, favorites yeah personal favorites um it's just gonna be a fun time no no, no matter how no we... debates or anything because it's just what we like and uh it, it'll be funny to see like what people come i'm i'm actually like i know there's gonna be a lot of movies that i haven't seen probably on moods list and there i'm really curious to see what jeremy comes up with like how how many i don't think there'll be like, that many now i don't know you've you've seen a lot of the films that i've seen now that might be making yeah i don't know i get i'd have to really think about that actually but. i think my list will probably be like pretty predictable because i'm pretty vocal about like, my favorite shit <laughs> you know no matter how we put it you know personal favorite list and stuff you're still gonna have comments where people disagree with what you like oh i can't <laughs> yeah. i i welcome that just because Doesn't i it? think like funny. people think they just can't tell the difference between best and favorite lists, right? It's yeah. hilarious, man. It's so funny when people are like, "Yeah, I don't like." I don't be agree like, with that. "Leprechaun like, isn't better than Friday the Thirteenth Part 4. and I'll be like, "I know, but I like it more." Yeah, <laughs> which is <right>? true. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, man. I love um, it. But yeah, it's this is a hard one, man. I'm struggling heavy. I haven't. I got a lot of work to do this week for finishing my list because I don't want to have that moment where like a film comes up and I'm like, dude, I totally forgot about that. I want to at <laughs> least feel like I I weighed everything, weighed all the options and made made the right cuts. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah. And then after that, I think we have a Sono Sono show uh, and then we're off for a little bit or we're not we have a christmas show coming up after that so we're not off i don't know if we're doing the christmas show right that i don't know what the lineup is with that but yeah it might be two more shows three more shows in a row then a break then the end of the year show or it might be two shows break and then two shows back to back. I don't know. I forget how our schedule is laid out, but, and that'll, that'll pretty much take us to the end of the year there. Um, and then next year we have a bunch of stuff planned. Obviously we already have stuff mapped out, but, um, getting caught up on Patreon shit next, next, uh, beginning of the year. It's important. We have a few shows that we need to get to. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, here, here it is. Here's the, okay. So, 150, yeah, so 150, Sonoseno, Xmas, off a week, then end of the year show. Okay. December's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Should be good stuff. Yeah. It, there is one situation in which we might not get to the Sonoseno show, and then we'd bump it to next year. We That week's kind of up in the air if we can record or not, I think, if my memory serves. But you get what I'm saying. 
Yeah, shit happens, man. But we'll get it all done. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But we got we got great shows coming next next year too. Right off the bat, we got the fucking Dead franchise yeah. in January for two weeks, and the Thing show in January. Who said who popped that? Sam. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. The Thing trilogy. I think that was his third I know, one. Well, I better pick up that Blu-ray. I know it came back in stock finally. What? The uh, thing from another place, Warner Archives. Blu-ray. Oh, shit. I need to buy that, too. Thing from another world? Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that. Dude, don't. That, like, come on. Ep- episode 2. Twenty one ninety nine. Typey, cool. type, 90, type. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Fucking yeah. $2. Let's get out All of right. here. I'm fucking. I'm not going to. I'm going to go I'm take a nap cool. now. I'm starving, like starving, haven't eaten since like 11, so uh, uh, my big belly can't handle this, man. All right, so Jeremy, take us out of here. All right, thank you everybody for listening to episode 149 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. If you want to follow the alcoholic moods, he's <laughs> snoring, bro, is that Dexter? No, he's, he just told you he was going to take a nap. Oh. <laughs> is he passed out already <laughs> he's fucking out man he's out alright go ahead okay uh, follow the alcoholic youtube.com slash mood 616 repeat that too <laughs> you can follow the sleepy asshole jp at youtube.com slash double shot j and tell him he's like Derek by falling asleep on the show you can follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash nesrover22. Please leave us any voicemails at 724-426-6665, or you can leave us a email at the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. It's the 22 shots of moods and the horror at gmail.com. Please follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast, and follow us on Facebook, facebook.com search bar, 22 shots podcast, 22 shots of moods and horror podcast. And please support the show by getting sand sucked out of my vagina on the Patreon at patreon.com slash 22shotspodcast. And that should do it up to everybody for episode 149 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. We'll be back with episode 150, the 50th episode since I've come back, which is kind of crazy. And that will be dropping next week. On the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. And the 150th episode since I've been here. Yep. Yep. Oh, and also, last thing. This is pretty crazy, guys. But this week is our anniversary. Fuck. Aw. You're going to get a room or something? So the 30th. I think will be the anniversary of our recording date for the first episode ever, the five year anniversary. And then when we record the 150th show, that will be the date that the first episode aired December 2nd. Wow. Wow. So happy birthday to us. Yeah, buddy. Who's giving us the hand jobs. Half a decade. Bitch. Dude, Half a decade. dude, when you say that, it, it like, holy Man, shit. we're old. <laughs> we are old. You were like a little boy when you got on here. I was 20. 20. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even have fucking hair on his balls yet. It's crazy. Yeah. 
He just got his pubes recently. Oh, I was probably 19, to be honest. No, I was 20. <laughs> just over 20. <laughs> I was still old. How many vaginas have you slayed in five years? In Zero. <laughs> Here's to another decade. Probably. Decade. At this rate. <laughs> All, All right. right. We're out. Yeah.